So wait, who's your celebrity crush in this movie? Is it Peta or is it Hayman? I don't ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me that question. Hello, 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 hello. It's May. We're back. It's gonna be May. <laughs> um, we hope that you guys enjoyed Animated April. It was so much fun. Yeah. And, you know, we're just gearing up to the end of the season. Things are things are all coming together. They're wrapping up. And we're super excited. We really wanted to go out in a bang. We're releasing a much awaited episode as you can see from the title we have a special guest and this is one of my favorite trilogies i loved reading the book so i'm really excited to talk about it but before we actually wind down Mm -hmm. we have to mention that the third annual star dazzle awards are coming up on May 17th. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Uh, we we spent a long time deliberating over these categories. I think we oh, worked yeah. on it for like three hours before yeah, we did. it was all finalized. <laughs> and, you know, we had lots of lively debate about the nominees and we settled mm-hmm. on, I think, a really strong group. I think it's our strongest Respectful King lineup yet. Yes, and we have some new categories Kate also sifted through all these nominations with Mm -hmm. us. She did so much work to bring this together for y'all. We're so excited. And we are so thrilled seeing everybody's votes coming in where all the results are laying. But if you haven't voted yet, Mm -hmm. don't worry. There's still time because voting doesn't close until, oh my God, my birthday, May 10th. So... (gasps) Plenty of time to get your vote in. If you want to vote for the 2023 Star Dazzle Awards, you can always head to the link in the show notes or the link in our bio on social media. We would love to have your input on who's going to take home some of these very highly contentious categories. Yeah, rock the vote. Let us know who you want to be lovable scoundrel, who was diva of the year, who was dilf of the year. Wink, wink. Oh, my. Um, Pedro Pascal was not in any movies we did, unfortunately. Sorry, Pedro, but you're the winner in our hearts. Yes. <laughs> and before we dive in, we just want to remind you that this month on Patreon, we are doing Hairspray. That episode is coming to you next week. So if you want to listen to our Hairspray episode, head on over to Patreon. It's in the show notes. It's in our bio. Or you can just search Movies That Raised Us on Patreon. You get a bonus episode every month as picked by the patrons and some other cool, fun perks like being on our close friends on Instagram, Mm -hmm. being in our Discord, and getting a personalized montage song. Yes, we love the Sleepover Squad. And there's always lively discussions on Discord. We just started a succession channel. And... We're happy to add more channels. There's like a recipe channel, a book channel. It's always so fun getting to chat with everyone. So yeah, take a look, see if you're interested. All right. And without further ado, let's head right into it. Yeah. We are so excited. We have a very long awaited episode with an incredible guest, an expert, some might say. A scholar. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So please, everybody, put your hands together to welcome the incredible Yain Cook to the pod today. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Oh my goodness, I'm amazing. So much better for being here. Ready to really just delve into my full self in this moment, you know? I, I simply can't wait. I guess we just have to start with, tell us about your, your Hunger Games journey. Where did it all begin? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I feel like the Hunger Games just really got it. You know what I mean? From the very beginning, it was like, this This is who you're going to be now for the rest of your life. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> I read, I remember I read Harry Potter because I was like a massive reader when I was younger. Okay, I'm going to fully expose myself here. <laughs> I was a massive reader when I was younger, but I would only read books that were written from like animal perspectives. Mm, okay. And, like okay. Animorphs kind of thing. That's what I was thinking. Like Warrior Cats. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of Warrior Cats. It was like this 32 book long series and it was literally just about these cats who were like feral. (laughs) It sounds like New York. Yeah. (laughs) And that was all I read. And my mum was like, oh, well, if you like reading, she read the Harry Potter books and she was like, you should try these. So I read those. And then my friend, who was obsessed with Harry Potter, was like, oh, if you liked Harry Potter, you should read The Hunger Games. And that is legitimately, like, a, I remember it as, like, a switch in my 12-year-old brain. And I downloaded them on my Kindle, and I read them in, like, the space of, like, a week, like, all three. And it was just yeah. like, oh, this is, this is it. This is yeah. who we're going to be. And I read it in <laughs> February, I remember. And then, obviously... The film was coming out in March. So I read it in February of 2012 and the movie was coming out in March. And from the moment that I stopped reading the last one, I just, every single trailer that was out there, every single piece of media, every cast interview that I could consume was consumed in mm-hmm. every single format. And that just went on right up until the end of Mockingjay Part 2. And to this day, I've only watched Mockingjay Part 2 like three or four times because wow. after every single sitting, I just sobbed myself. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. I mean, absolutely. I agree with having read the books in like a short span because once I mm-hmm. read the first one, I was like, we got to get our hands on the next oh, one. 100%. Like we got to yeah. yeah, because I could not sleep. I could not eat until I knew. <laughs> Until I knew what would happen between Katniss and Peeta. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. um, I'm pretty sure we're all on the right side of history here as Peeta stands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's no yeah. Gale defactors <laughs> in this chat right now. Oh, oh, would I like a murderer? Are you asking <laughs> if I would stand a murderer? Um, a war criminal? I don't a think war so. Criminal. A war criminal. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, had a, I also had kind of a similar background with it because I... I loved Harry Potter as well growing up. And then I had a friend who had read The Hunger Games and recommended it to me shortly before the movies were coming out. Mm-hmm. So all kind of in the same timeline here, yeah. which is pretty cool. All right. Should we should we get into the numbers, Mo? You want to hit us with the numbers? Yeah, I'll hit you with some numbers. I was shocked to see these. I just didn't realize it was – so first of all, it's under $100 million. It was a $78 million budget. Yeah which I think is pretty fucking fantastic for all that they do in the movie. Mm-hmm. And they made $694.4 million in the box office. And that was just from me, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was just from Yayan going and seeing the movie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. An insane return. It was, it was a frenzy when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. But 
it, it kind of makes sense to me though that this one is a bit lower budget, especially when you compare it to like Catching Fire, which yeah, yeah, is the best movie in my opinion. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, because that really feels like the big, epic, large scale film, and mm-hmm. this one is more. It's kind of trying to go a little bit more indie with like the shaky cam and all that. They did do shaky cam. Yeah, it's That's good, facts. but it's not quite. You know what it oh, has yeah. the potential to oh, be. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The moment that Francis Lawrence took over the movies mm-hmm. is that's the moment for me. Like I loved the first film, mm-hmm. but I got to admit, afterwards I was like, "Oh, I want more." And then when Gary Ross left and they brought Francis Lawrence on to direct the next three. I was like, oh, is this going to go good? Is this going to go bad? And from that moment, the first Catch and Fire trailer dropped. I was like, oh, oh, it's yeah. going good. It's going good. Oh, my good. gosh. So speaking of trailers, we obviously have to mention that the new trailer just dropped for Ballad of Songbird and Snakes. I'm, I'm assuming you have it memorized already at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm seeing on my For You page is just edits. Like yep. it is just after every uh, single video, it's just an edit of the trailer. Yeah. And I am obsessed with it. And <laughs> I am worried for the world when I eventually see the movie. Cause I, th- I don't actually truthfully think anyone wants me to be unleashed again. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, we Going do. Feral. We're excited for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, let's, uh, let's get into some alternate casting. Cause obviously this was, this is a yeah. huge movie and there were a lot of people in contention to play various roles. So some other people that were considered for Katniss were Shailene Woodley, uh, Saoirse Ronan, Chloe Grace Moretz, Emma Roberts, Abigail Breslin, Kaya Scudelario. I just realized I probably never said her name out loud cause she just lives in <laughs> Tumblr in my mind. Um, <laughs> Emily Browning and Haley Steinfeld, who was actually the front runner for the part. And they were also considering um, Isabel Furman, who played Clove, but they thought she looked too young to play Katniss and then too old to play Prim. So they ended up uh, casting her as Clove. But I think Jennifer Lawrence was a great choice. I think she does an amazing job carrying the trilogy. But I do remember back in the day that on all the Tumblr fan casts, it was all Kaya yeah across the board always and i remember so many people being annoyed at being jennifer lawrence because she was blonde and yeah. i was like team they're gonna dye the hair <laughs> yeah <laughs> like let's, we we've got hair dye like let's let's mm-hmm. not get too deep about this they're like they can't afford a hair dye in district 12 you've got to remain blonde <laughs> yeah yeah she did actually dye her hair for the first two movies but it damaged her hair so much that they used wigs for um the second the third yeah wow yeah yeah there was also some top contenders for uh pita obviously josh hutcherson ended up playing it we have alexander ludwig who ended up being cast as cato hunter Parrish, lucas till and evan peters (laughs) i'm like that's a different movie like that's like a yeah. sex movie like Evan <laughs> Peters and Jennifer Lawrence I feel like Peta I mean Josh Hutcherson is just the right amount of cute mm-hmm. and hot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can't have like a hottie McHotterson play no like a, a brooding no. guy play Peta no I'm no. sorry Josh Hutcherson was the perfect casting for Peter. like perfect. I love Jennifer Lawrence's Katniss but like Josh Hutcherson is Peter Millard. Exactly. It just is mm-hmm. to the T. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Yeah. 
full agree. He he was perfect. Yeah. And I firmly stand by that PETA does need to be like a shorter, stockier mm-hmm. guy. It doesn't work if he's... He's making bread. Yeah. He's eating the bread. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to be a Liam Hemsworth type. I don't want to see no. that. Get it out no. of my face. I need my short king, Peter Malark. Because with the shortness also comes like the tenderness. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like if it's a yeah. tall man, yeah. it's just like a tall, cocky man. And that's not what Peter Malark no. is. Peter Malark's my boy, you know? I yeah. just can't. We need the the humility. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And uh, our last little tidbit of alternate casting is that the other person who was in final like callbacks to play Gale was Wizards of Waverly Places David Henry <laughs> which I Mine feel like blown. if he was cast like we would have been in a different timeline like oh yeah the course right. of history would have been changed if he we would have had Gale. a different president yeah <laughs> the the butterfly effect would be thriving but yeah. ultimately <laughs> they did decide on Liam Hemsworth for uh for Gale the war criminal. So who is the perfect Gale though? Yeah. Like yes. Yeah. You know, like real talk. The build between David Henry and Liam Heim isn't he Thor now? His brother. Or is that Chris fuck, Chris okay. Hemsworth? Yeah. But, I can't you know, ever tell same, them apart. Same, same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The build and is like different. David Henry, mm-hmm. yeah. He just would have been too soft, you know? Exactly. Like, he's two soft features. And I don't want to watch Disney Channel in The Hunger Games. You know, that's just not what I want. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, with that being said, I think we should just dive in because there's... Let's hit it. ...much to unpack. Okay. So the opening of the film, we have some text on screen saying, From the Treaty of the Treason... In penance for their uprising, each district shall offer up a male and female between the ages of 12 and 18 to a public reaping. These tributes shall be delivered to the custody of the capital and then transferred to a public arena where they will fight to the death until one lone victor remains. Henceforth and forevermore, this pageant shall be known as the Hunger Games. So we're set in the scene with a very unfortunate font choice. I think it's like... It's very bad. Yeah. <laughs> Why did nobody talk about it, though? Who let that it's out like of the comic editing room? San- not Comic Sans. What's the other one? It's um. It's like you literally just typed it into weird. Yeah, I think it's like Century Gothic or something. It's like yes! an insane <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> basic font. I'm like... And it doesn't even fit the vibe of the movie, but... Alas. Real talk. Real talk. <laughs> yeah. But moving right along into like a beautifully shot little talk show mm-hmm. moment with um, Seneca Crane, the head game maker, being interviewed by Caesar Flickerman, aka <gasps> Christina's husband, Stanley Tucci. Tucci gang, rise up. Yeah. We're here. Seneca's just talking about the games and the history and how it's a painful part of their history, but it's allowed them to heal and like it's really. Um, at first, it was a price the districts had to pay for the rebellion, but now it's grown into something that knits us all together. We oh, all God. look forward to it. <laughs> what the fuck? It's children killing each other. <sighs> we love Stanley Tucci, though. That's perfect casting Absolutely. as well, oh, yeah. if we want to talk about it. But then also, in what role is Stanley Tucci cast where I wouldn't argue that it's not perfect casting? Yeah. You know? Yeah. The man can do anything. The man can do anything. And now he's cooking. He plays flamboyant very well. Yeah. 
Oh, so true. So true. And I'm also just, I'm attracted to him. Yeah. I just feel like we need to get it out on the table. He's a yeah. silver fox. Like, Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so we're in District 12. And then obviously, I also think this is a beautiful moment. This shot, the way that this is shot, where it cuts right to Prim's scream. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we've just got, she's having the nightmare. Katniss is there. You already just delve into the sense of how much Katniss is willing to protect Prim. And then Mm -hmm. it does always make me die that it's, Katniss is saying, it's your first year, Prim. They're not going to pick you in the trailer when they drop that in the trailer and it cut to them calling Prim's name. Sorry, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I know, but we're just talking. (laughs) I just lose it, you know? Anyways. Yeah. um, And then Prim goes back to sleep and we have the Meadow song and the Meadow song just I literally can't listen to it right now. If yeah. I ever listen to that, I'm in tears. It's so sweet. Yeah, immediately. Oh, yeah. They they do a really great job of setting up their bond from the jump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So after comforting Prim, Katniss goes to the district border and climbs through this barbed wire fence that you know says "keep out," but she's a, she's a rebel. She doesn't care. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she like heads into the woods with her little bow and arrow. She spots a deer and she's about to take her shot when Gale oh. opens his giant trap and he's like, oh. "What are you gonna do with that when you kill it?" And the deer scatters away. They're starving. Yeah, Gale. This isn't this <laughs> isn't a joke, Gale. This is serious business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the worst man in existence. The worst. The worst. Yeah. yeah. So he asked Kat- Katniss like what she had planned to do with a hundred pound deer on reaping day. The whole district is going to be crawling with peacekeepers, and she said that she was going to try and sell it to one of them. And then Gail gives her some attitude about like selling to the peacekeepers, and she's like, "You sell to them too, a hypocrite." Yeah. And he uh-huh. says, "Well, not today, I don't." And then he throws a rock to scatter some birds, and Katniss manages to shoot one down. And she smiles for, like, the only time in the movie. Everything seems <laughs> happy and great. And that's when her and Gail notice a huge aircraft flying overhead. So they have to hide. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so Gail and Katniss kind of go off to this cliff. And they sit. And Gail wonders what would happen if everyone just decided not to watch the Hunger Games. Like, if no one watches, then they don't have a game. And Katniss is just like... Uh, you're living in a dreamland and gail suggests that they just like take off live in the woods and she's like they would catch us like we wouldn't make it five miles besides what about prim and what about your brothers debbie downer over here <laughs> sexy man is like run away with me and she's like want want <laughs> um but gail's like they can come too, and then they laugh about Prim being able to live in the woods because, as we've seen in the first scene, girl's got a little anxiety problem. Yeah. <laughs> She's um, on the edge. Is it all time we can finally say that Prim's a little bit of a wet wipe? Like, I just, <laughs> she gets on my nerves. She, I'm like, why is the back of your shirt nerves? always coming out? Oh my goodness. No. And also, like, Gail, you're scared about being raped. Your sister can be raped. Yeah. Your friend, fr- everyone in this gaff can be raped. Like, what is your yeah. problem? I just, sometimes I just wish I could sit down with you and be like, Gail, is it that deep? You know what I mean? Like, it is that deep, but like, but come on now. 
Like, you know, grow up, get over it. Grow up. <laughs> Katniss at 12 was feeding you. All yeah. right. What are you doing? True. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? True. So Katniss is like, I'm never having kids. And Gail's like, well, you know, I might if I didn't live here. But she's like, you do live here. <laughs> so think again. <laughs> and she asks him how many times his name is in today. And he says, 42. Yikes. So the odds aren't exactly in his favor. My one little critique of the movie, not my one little critique, because I do feel like the Hunger Games movie, the first one, mm. do have many critiques. No shade to Gary Ross. Um, I'm willing to sit down and talk about the beef I have with you later. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I just feel like he tried so many times to put little bits in mm-hmm. that were from the books. But like, right. you can't just shoot in that Gail's in for 42 times and not explain why that is. Exactly. And I understand that it mm-hmm. would have been boring to explain like the Tessera and whatever mm-hmm. and explain that they've got to take more entries to get more food, whatever. Or even then, it wouldn't have been that much harder. Like they could have just been a line like, oh, 42, because I had to get more to feed the brothers, sisters, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I have a big family. We need food or something. I don't yeah, know. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like you can't just shove that in because. Then everyone that sat at home is like, well, why is he in 42 times and Prim's in once? Like, where's, mm-hmm, yeah. where's the logic, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's definitely a lot of... I know it's hard with a book adaptation to explain everything, especially because the books are from Katniss's perspective and we don't get that internal monologue. And mm-hmm. I understand why they made that choice, but I do think that all of the movies kind of suffer in some ways without having her perspective, especially in regards to yeah. her feelings to PETA, which we'll get to later. 100%. Right. Because, yeah. I mean, they can't talk because the cameras are always on mm-hmm. them. So it's like... Exactly. I was reading that they did some scenes, like, um, they made Seneca Crane's character bigger because we needed to see what he was doing. Yeah. Since we couldn't, like, hear Katniss in her monologue of her speculations. Yeah. But it's, yeah, yeah. it's still not 100%. And I feel like, as well with Katniss's monologue like that's why I feel so many people who haven't read the books like Gail more because then you don't get like you don't get the slow burn of her questioning her feelings for Peter Mm -hmm. when she's doing the acting like it's almost like the difference between like the capital viewer and Katniss you know like wow yeah the people who haven't read the books like take the capital viewer stance because they're just like well how are they suddenly in love like where is the love story come from mm-hmm. whereas we're all like babes she's been she's been questioning those feelings from day one mm-hmm. and they didn't explain enough for me i know we'll get into it but they didn't explain enough for me the bread you know katniss and the bread and peter yeah. and how it's all interlinked that just wasn't mm-hmm. that wasn't there for me and it's so pivotal yeah, yeah exactly like it's such a main moment mm-hmm. But if I go on a boat, I'll lose my <laughs> And they brain, said, so. we're going to do a little montage. We're going to do like a lucid dream <laughs> montage. Disrespectful. Exactly. And everyone's like, nobody really understands it because they're like, is she dreaming? Right. That he's right? And I've had to explain it to so many people. Like, no. You've literally said You personally had to explain it to so many people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm out on the streets with a microphone. Yeah. The giant sign. <laughs> yeah, the giant sign. <laughs> Oh, um, right. So then Katniss goes into the hob again, not explained enough. And it just makes me question, like, why are you chucking it in? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, don't chuck it in unless we're going to explain it. Yeah. But anyways, right. 
She goes to the hob, trades the game, and she finds the Mockingjay pin. Again, different from the books. How mm-hmm. hard would it have been to include Taylor Swift as Marge? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what everybody wanted. <laughs> that's what everybody wanted. That's what we should have gotten. Anyways, the seller gives it to her for free. Who I think the seller is meant to be, I can never remember her name. It's like Greasy Sigh. Yeah, I, I say never remember a name, and I'm like, perfect. <laughs> I think oh, it's what is it? And uh, just off the top in. of my head. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> and then she goes home. Prim's all dressed up. The little duck sticking out does make me sob, but I almost like touch your shirt and girl. Come on, it ain't that hard. <laughs> and again, Canis bathes herself. Her mom is lighted up this beautiful blue dress. And Prim tells Katniss she wants to look like her, and Katniss says she wishes she looks like her. And we get this tense little moment with Katniss and her mum mm-hmm. that, again, we never get explained. Yep. Yeah. All the book girlies know. Again, we get a montage of why Katniss and the father situation later on in the movie, but we never get the mother. We never get the explanation. It's, like, very brief. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Anyways, the alarm goes. Katniss distracts Prim by giving him the Mockingjay print and promises as long as she has it, nothing bad will happen to her. Uh, you're about to break that promise real quick. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, yeah. It's uh, time for the reaping. So, everybody in the district, they go to the Justice Building for the reaping. Prim gets really scared, and Katniss is like, don't worry, we just have to sign in. They're going to prick your finger for a tiny bit of blood doesn't even hurt just go sit with the little kids and i'll find you after so they have to separate to sign in we see katniss and gail catch each other's eyes in the crowd the shot of gail like looking over at her is like burned in my brain from the eight million times i watched the trailer (laughs) he mouths to her it's okay so that's when miss effie trinket herself in the iconic pink outfit steps up to the podium and goes welcome 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 happy <laughs> hunger games and may the odds be ever in your favor elizabeth banks said i'm pulling off all the stops all mm-hmm. of them yeah she absolutely goes for it and i love it she also was really well cast i think in this role and i, I don't think people were yeah. expecting her to do as well as she did but i think she did a great yeah. job 100%. And I remember he saying as well, this is from all my interview law mm-hmm. from when I would spend every day up until 4am just watching interviews with the cast. Yeah, um, she said that like she read the book and really wanted to commit to the capital accent. So obviously Katniss talks about how affected the capital accent yeah. is and how different it is. Um, and she said that on the first day of filming, she like went up to the podium and she was ready to go with the accent and she like said it and immediately it was just like incorrect and everyone in the crowd was just like oh, oh no. that's not it <laughs> and apparently they had to take like that day off i remember what she said oh, exactly, but, like, no. they had to take like the rest of the time off and like hearing gary ross sat and like really perfected the accent oh, because i think like before that was there not just kind like of, a like, table spoken. read isn't I, it? Don't like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like that's a lot of money to be like everyone go home. Everyone go home. <laughs> <laughs> like apparently it was so bad that oh they were like, gosh. we just need to we just need to put a pin in this mm-hmm. for now. And then they got oh, it back no. for the iconic moment that we have now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it came out great. So I'm glad they took the time yeah, exactly. to fix it. Because this, yeah. this feels right. I don't know whatever else 100%. she was doing, but this feels <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So before the reaping, they also get shown this like propaganda movie starting with 
President Snow narrating about the terrible war. And then came peace, and a new era was born. But freedom comes at a cost. And so it was decreed that each year, every district would offer up young, one young man and young woman to fight to the death in a pageant of honor, courage, and sacrifice. This is like a weird, like, cap cut video. There's like a big explosion. <laughs> And Effie's like, it's time to select one young man and one woman. And she's like, all right, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) uh, 74th annual Hunger Games, as per usual, ladies first. So she reaches into the bowl and just off the bat, Primrose Everdeen. (gasps) The person who would – I don't even know. She would die on the way to the game because she's so afraid. So yeah. <laughs> absolute silence as everyone's like, you heard the woman. Like, <laughs> that's that's all you, boo. And then Katniss, of course, being the caring older sister she is, just starts screaming Prim's name and the peacekeepers have to restrain her. But Katniss is like, I volunteer as tribute. And she hugs Prim and tells her to get out of here, go find mom. But Prim is starts telling you no, she doesn't want her sister to go. So Gail does have to carry her off while Katniss is taken to the stage. So Effie welcomes Katniss as District 12's first ever volunteer and has everyone give her a big round of applause. <laughs> Which is met with no applause. Yeah. (laughs) But that's when we get the iconic three-finger salute. And then Effie selects the boy tribute. Peta Malark. And (gasps) from the way his face looks, he was not expecting that today. (laughs) He's like, but I didn't even put my name in extra. Like, we have a fucking bakery. (laughs) (laughs) My family owns a business, okay? I should not be here. We're small business owners. I think I need to stay here and, and help them. <laughs> so Peta is in shock and gets brought up to the stage. Effie has them shake hands and Katniss has like a memory flash. It's raining. Peta is outside. We see some pigs winking around and <laughs> we see like the bread in his hands. I do always think though with this, part of me is like, would he have just volunteered anyways? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, now that you look back and you're like, oh, how much he loved her. Obviously, I know that Kat, like, you always think Katniss thinks, oh, is Gail going to volunteer? And she wishes he won't because then he has to look after her family, which, like, yeah, right decision. I would have hated it if Gail Hawthorne was in the Hunger Games. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Um, But I do wonder, like, would Peter Hmm. have put himself forward? And I I never know where I land on it, you know, but they end up in there anyway. So (laughs) that they do. Then Katniss gets brought to the Justice Hall and she has like three minutes to say goodbye to her family. Prim's in tears. Katniss is telling her she's going to be okay. Don't take any extra food in exchange for having your name. This is where we get a bit of explanation, but I need more, you know. And it's it's an emotionally heated moment. I'm also like, she has three minutes. Is she really going to say this like don't take an extra food <laughs> in exchange for having your name in the reaping more times like <laughs> and gail will bring him game oh 
scale. <laughs> and she can sell cheese from a goat. And also, like, real talk, Katniss, have you seen Prim? Mm-hmm. She can sell cheese from a goat while you're in the game. <laughs> she couldn't sleep. And yeah. you weren't even in there yet, girl. Come on, no. Yeah, um, no. And then Prim, this is the bit that never makes sense to me, that Prim gives Katniss the Mockingjay pin for protection. But I'm like, Prim, she gave it to you for protection. Your name got pulled, big man. Yeah, it's not so, working. <laughs> you're, thinking, you're thinking it's lucky? The right? pin is broken. <laughs> Katniss goes to her mother, says you can't tune out again like when dad died. She's all Prim has now. So no matter what, she has to be there for her. And I do love that moment from Jennifer Lawrence. I feel like that's such a good bit of acting. Like she's just like straight up. Yeah. Boom. And then she gives her that hug and it like all softens. Yes. It's beautiful. And like she's just, she's like, don't cry. Don't cry. And I'm like, I'm crying, Katniss. I'm crying. Like nothing's happened yet. I'm already sobbing. (laughs) When I rewatched them for the 11th anniversary, no joke, every single second, I cried. Yeah. Like, literally nothing could be happening on the screen. It could be a shot of a tree. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that tree. Oh. <laughs> um, And the peacekeepers come in and take Katniss's family away. And Prim's screaming. And Gail comes in, hugs Katniss. And, you know, tells They let it, Gail in? Yeah, in it. For the three minutes. In it. But I think this all plays part of the fact... I don't even know if they explain it. I don't think they explain it in the movies, but you know how they think that Gail and Katniss are cousins? Oh, yeah. In the books. Oh. And I think they're like, oh, is he... We'll let him in. Yeah, they look <laughs> She's the same. They got the same Fuck eyes. In. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he hugs her, tells her that she's stronger than they are, and that she needs to tell them how good she is and get to a bow. And then he says the iconic line, which, to be fair, every time it's in the trailer and in the movies. And he's just like, just go show this all they want. (laughs) (laughs) And when he says, oh, but this bit where she's like, he says, oh, you know how to hunt. And she says animals. And he's like, but it's no different. And that just sets Gail up. Mm -hmm. That just sets Gail up. Up yeah. as, as a, a bro, war criminal, you're done. As a war criminal, you are done. done. <laughs> you're done. Come on, man. It's no different. I've done it a couple times. You'll be fine. Yeah, it's no big. <laughs> Trust me, Katniss. You move on. <laughs> okay. Um, and then she and then she does the whole. There's 24 of us, Gail, and only one comes out. Oh, God, what a moment! Chills up and down my spine. Yeah, and he says, "Yeah, and it's gonna be you." And that <laughs> that line does cringe me. Yeah, and if I was Katniss, I would have got the egg. Like I would have been so <laughs> like, oh, mm-hmm, um, never mind. Egg. I don't have a crush on you anymore. Bye. <laughs> Take him away, peacekeepers. Peacekeepers come in. <laughs> And he's gone and she's like, please take care of my family, Gail. Don't let them starve. And it is a beautiful mm-hmm. moment. And, you know, but I still would have had the egg. Yeah. That's just me, right. you know? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So then we have a very sad car ride. Um, Katniss <laughs> and Peta are sitting in the car with Effie and Effie's just going on about like, oh, you guys are in the royal treatment on the way to the capital. It's going to be great. On the Peta- way to get fucking killed. Pina crying, <laughs> just crying in the corner as he looks out the window. They get ushered to the train, and the train is like super fancy. There's all this like beautiful, yeah. rich mahogany and, and chandeliers oh. and tons of food for them. So much food. That's probably the one good thing is like they get a real meal for yeah. once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Effie says one of the great things about this opportunity is that they get to enjoy all this, even if it's just for a little while. And then she's like, let me grab Hamish. And Peta's like, Katniss, like, have you ever met this guy? Katniss doesn't answer. 
And Peter's like, well, he is our mentor. Like, he did win once. And he just tells her that he understands if she doesn't want to talk, but he doesn't think there's anything wrong with getting a little help. <gasps> Katniss looks at him, triggered by the word help. We see the memory of Peter's mom punishing him for burning some bread and making him throw it out to the pigs. But Peter then sees Katniss laying against a tree in the rain. The mystery continues. And then immediately we come out of that, we come out of this still what the hell is happening montage, (laughs) this fever dream, gray cast, who knows what the hell is going on. (laughs) Hamish comes in. Looking sexy as ever. Let's yep. be real about it. Mm-hmm. I just also Woody perfect Harrison. casting. Perfect casting. Perfect casting. And the only reason he was in those films was because of Gary Ross, mm. and that's the madness. Wow. Wow. And then afterwards, they didn't know whether. Um, so I'm literally just like a trivia point. Oh no, we didn't do that many like fun facts because we were like, he'll have the fun facts for it, right? <laughs> and then after when Gary Ross got taken off from the first film Woody Harrelson was like there's no way I'm coming back <gasps> if Gary Ross isn't gonna do it Whoa. and Francis Lawrence was like shitting himself and rightly so yeah. um, and wrote him a letter I think and was like listen we need you bro like this ain't gonna be good enough without you <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> we need you bro um, and he comes back wow. as he should Thank though God. but as it but in usual fashion, Hamish is drunk and immediately goes for another drink and sits down. And this also upset me because this wasn't even that hard to include in the first movie. In the first book, Hamish is on the stage, obviously, because the other, right. like he's a mentor. So like he would be there at the reaping and he falls off the stage because he's so drunk. Oh my gosh, I forgot like, about that. That wouldn't have even been that hard to include in the movie. Mm-hmm. And you would have set Hamish up anyways then like oh this is a drunk man yeah you know yeah he could have his own little a star is born moment on stage exactly yeah. and also then you just would have been like oh that guy doesn't look good and then when he gets revealed <laughs> as the mentor you like, would have been like oh, oh shit <laughs> yeah Peter asks when they start and Hamish says most of them are in such a hurry and I feel like again we're robbed in the movie of the whole details of the past tributes of District mm-hmm. 12 which Katniss gives a little yes. history of and, like, even when Effie is speaking about them eating, like, she says, like, oh, you eat so well because you're eating with cutlery. And Katniss talks about the fact that, like, it's so sad that the other tributes didn't even know how to eat with cutlery because they're from such, like, a poor and impoverished district. And then, like, she purposefully eats with her hands. And, like, there's just, like, mm-hmm. little moments of that, like, little rebellion moments that I love that we just missed out on. Yeah. Um, and... Hamish is basically already looking at Peter and Katniss like they're gonna die and he's like just (laughs) embrace the probability of your death babe like Peter's saying you're our mentor please help us and he's like no there's nothing that's there's nothing that's gonna save you um Katniss says why are you here then as she should and Hamish says for the refreshments and it is a sexy line it is a sexy line (laughs) Woody Harrelson (laughs) could say banana pudding and it'd be sexy oh 100% (laughs) and the blonde wig was working Mm -hmm. I gotta be honest the blonde wig was working for him I'm like if you ever want to invest in a toupee just in life Woody (laughs) just do it Woody we know it works (laughs) 
And then Peter tries to grab the drink and he's like, I think there's enough of that. And Hamish pins him to the chair with his foot. And every time I watch the movie, I do cringe when I, there's just the close up of Woody Harrelson's foot, foot on my screen. Yeah, yeah of the dirty yeah. toe just on my screen. Just... Why is he, he barefoot? You couldn't have put a sock on him. Really gave us you know? free feet. <laughs> um, and then Peter says he's going to go to his room after Hamish has ran off. And try and make him come round. I think in the books, like he like showers him off or something, mm. which we were robbed of. Yeah, <laughs> we were robbed of. Oh my gosh! But like Peter, he takes charge. He doesn't take no for an answer. Mm-mm. He's he's more than meets the eye. One hundred. He's not just a quiet bread boy. No. So the next morning, Katniss goes into the dining car where she actually does see Peter having breakfast with Hamish. And he's, you know, trying to get advice from Hamish about his various ideas, how to survive, you know, in the games. And Katniss joins them and they ask about how to find shelter. And Hamish is just like, pass the marmalade. I don't care. So Katniss (laughs) then picks up a knife and stabs it between his fingers. And we hear Effie with her iconic line, that is mahogany. And Hamish says that if they really want to stay alive, You got to get people to like you because it's the sponsors that are going to send you life-saving gifts in the middle of the games. And right now, sweetie, you're not off to a good start. So that's when PETA gets up to look out the window as they are pulling into the Capitol where people are cheering for them. PETA is waving. He's smiling at the crowd. He's lapping it up. And Hamish tells Katniss to keep her knife because PETA over here knows what he's doing. He's a charmer, so... He is a charmer. That scene is just beautiful. I love that scene. And the build of the music as well. Nobody talks about the score of The Hunger Games enough Mm -hmm. for me. The score throughout all four movies is impeccable. James Newton Howard, and he just... He knew when to bring it. Mm -hmm. He did what he had to do. Rent was due, and he (laughs) paid up, you know? Yep. (laughs) And he paid two months. (laughs) (laughs) so we go to the capital and caesar is talking to seneca he's like what are your thoughts on this year's recruits and he's like well it's an interesting mix especially when you have a volunteer from an outlying district and they're like why do we even have a district 12 let's (laughs) fucking shoot that shit out (laughs) meanwhile katniss is bathed groomed she's carefully manicured by the capital beauticians and brought to her stylist, Cinna, oh aka gosh. the beautiful Lenny Kravitz. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Lenny Kravitz oh is so handsome. Yeah. Me and too. Yeah. He's just, uh, he's like this, like, he's not androgynous per se, but he's so, like, with his little jewelry oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. his, like, oh, yeah. tailored outfits and stuff. He's, yeah. He loves an accessory. Yeah. yeah. Man loves an accessory. Uh, that whole family is just gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And he tells her how brave she is for volunteering for Prim. And he apologizes. He's like, I'm sorry that this happened to you. Like, I'm here to help any way I can. And Katniss is like, wow, most people congratulate me. But he doesn't see the point in that. I'm like, yeah, because she's going to have to murder people or get murdered. Like, that's (laughs) awful. She's a child. Mm -hmm. And he prepares her for the tribute parade tonight and he is here to help her make an impression. And usually 
in District 12, they just dress up the tributes as coal miners because they're a mining district. But he wants to do something memorable. I feel like when I read the whole like makeover montage thing. Yeah. I didn't really like take into account like how gross it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you're reading it as a YA girl, you're like, oh, makeover montage yeah. time. Like she's getting pretty. <laughs> she's going to get cute. She's ready for the capsule. Yeah. And like, but when you actually like deep it, like especially like now that we're older as well, like you look at it and you're like, oh, like it just make like they're literally dressing her up for slaughter. Like it's so yeah, and don't they do crazy stuff? Like they get rid of any scars and imperfections yeah. on your body. Like it's yeah, crazy. Exactly. Any body hair? None of the boys get grow any body hair during the games. Katniss says, yeah, and like all of that is just like oh, it just sends like gross shivers up and down my spine. It just makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah it's just this weird like trafficking of like twelve yes. to eighteen year olds. And then they kill each other. And then there's yeah, also like awful. there's also the element of like tributes being sexualized as well, which is like exactly. something we'll get into more in, you know, when Finnick comes yeah, into the picture. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, it's so fucked Gross. on so many levels. Yeah. Gross. And then we have the tribute parade. The parade begins and the tributes riding in on their horse-drawn chariots. And the costumes have to reflect the costumes have to reflect the resource of each district. Um, someone asked me the other day, do you remember what each district represents? And I ashamedly could. Mm-hmm. And that made me <laughs> want to I'm hate so myself. I'm so glad you could. I'm so I was like, and you did, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, I'd be disappointed um, but, if you if you couldn't. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. If anything, I'd be doing myself an injustice, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But Everyone's eyes are on District 12 because Katniss and Peter are wearing shiny black suits that are on <gasps> fire. Oh my god. What a moment. Yeah. But again, Loki, the film did the books dirty. Like that little CGI fire just floating <laughs> on their back. Yeah, they needed more budget for that. <laughs> What's going on, Gary Ross? <laughs> um, Peter goes to grab a hand and she recoils, but he says, Come on, the crowd will love it. But really, he's like, I'll love it. I want to hold your hand. <laughs> I want to hold your hand. I know we're about to die, but please kiss me. Um, they join hands and they lift him in the air, and the crowd is eating that shit up. Caesar Flickerman is like, yeah, what it's for the is crowd. Going on? It's for the crowd. Yeah. It's for the crowd. <laughs> Peter's there, like, ah. yeah. Claudius Temple Smith is like, what is happening here? Uh... President Snow gets up, does his little hand wave, quiets these millions and millions of people (laughs) on the tribute parade um and he welcomes them and he says we salute your courage and your sacrifice i hate as well when president snow he goes tributes we welcome you and i'm like oh shut up (laughs) you loser Um, and he he wishes everyone a happy hunger games and the tributes are happy hunger games like bro i don't think they're gonna have the happiest of times Mm -mm. anyways and then he says, obviously, and may the odds be ever in your favor. Yeah. Another piece uh, of perfect casting, Donald Sutherland as President Snow. Real he, talk. We have a lot yeah. of letter writers in this film because he also wrote a letter. Big time. Asking to be cast. He was Just like, fucking letters being sent around to the <laughs> yeah, casting directors, <laughs> to the different <laughs> cast members. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I think he he absolutely kills this role. He's tailor-made oh, for 100%. it. 100%. What district is he from? He's not from the capital, right? No, he's from the capital, but um oh. 
But in Ballads of Songbirds and Snakes, we find out that for a brief period he worked in District 12. Gotcha. Okay. That's what. That's what's the spin. Yeah, I was wondering what the connection was because he, from the trailer, I've gathered that he's a mentor. So I was like, mm-hmm. how does that work? But I guess, you know, it's early days. It's only the 10th Hunger Games. Yeah, so it's only the 10th right. one. They're still figuring it out. So like, yeah, in the ballad, it's like they, they're all um, students, I think at like a war school or something. Mm. And they all get selected to be mentors for the games. Um, and then and then there's a whole situation. But yeah, eventually Snow spends some time in District 12, which is crazy. Wow. And probably yeah. why he's so scared of Katniss, yeah. because he's actually seen the people in District 12, you know? Yeah, and that, that actually ties into a line that he says later on in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, when he talks about like having gone to the outlying districts. So mm-hmm. it's all connected. It's crazy that she had only planned on writing one book, and yet I the know. whole trilogy wow. is so seamless. Right. No. Right, right. Oh, Usually I, I feel like the second or third book in a trilogy will be like, okay, I don't know really. You kind of went off on a thread there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. It it she, is really She got it down. Mm-hmm. So after this whole tribute parade, we then go backstage and Cinna and Effie talk about how incredible that was. But Hamich and Katniss clock Cato, one of the other tributes. He's from District Two. One, two. Two? Yeah. Two. He's glaring at Katniss. So they're like, let's talk upstairs. Later that night, Katniss goes to her bedroom in the penthouse. Um, their their floor is corresponding to their district. So like District 12 gets the penthouse. Basically like, oh, the poorer you are, the better we'll treat you before we fucking kill you. So she like marvels at her bedroom, the soft bed, and she also can like change the view of her window to like the streets of the capital or the desert or the woods, which is what she ultimately picks. And like it makes her think of the woods in District 12. Yeah. So then we go to the training sesh and the tributes are brought into this gym where they get to make use of various weapons that they could use to prepare for the games like they might uh, be able to snag them when they get there. So in the gym, they aren't allowed to fight with each other. There are four mandatory exercises, and the rest will be individual training. They also have an opportunity to do survival training. And honestly, I feel like this is where Peter really thrives. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm painting myself to look like a log. <laughs> <laughs> His MUA skills pop off. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Katniss is like, shooting arrows <laughs> and he's um, like i decorate cakes at the bakery <laughs> yeah he's like do, 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 do. so the tributes undergo training and the game makers observe and kato starts having a meltdown mm-hmm. because he thinks another tribute stole his knife but katniss looks up to the ceiling to see that rue um one of the younger tributes actually has it i forget what is their district known for um agriculture agriculture yeah because she's she can climb trees really well and she's like super adept yeah okay so then we get to dinner and hamish tells peter and katniss that kato is a career and that people in district one and two train until a special academy till they're 18 then they volunteer and at that point they're lethal and again that's not necessarily correct that's what always annoyed me and especially because also like people in district four are also considered careers yeah um and it's just because District 1 and 
is because they have lots of money so they can kind of make sure that their kids do have some chance of winning the games and like people in districts two and four already like district two trains peacekeepers and district four is fishing so like they've already yeah. got mm-hmm. good skills and then there is also like an element of training like they wonder if they do train they're not allowed to train but they wonder if they do and i just feel like these little things like that line just wasn't necessarily necessary you know what i mean it could have yeah, just been yeah. written a little bit better but whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> And Effie says they don't get any special treatment. In fact, they don't even get dessert. And you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Effie. How Thank dare you. <laughs> and Hamish says they win almost every year, but they can be arrogant. And that's a massive problem. And he mentions that he heard that Katniss can shoot a bow and arrow. So, and she says she's all right. And Peter's like, she's better than all right. And she... I love um, her. He, <laughs> she's all right i love it i wish she had my children um <laughs> and he says this whole thing about his dad buying his squirrels and then he always gets it to the eye anyways um and katniss says peter's strong because at this point katniss is like does peter what is peter's game plan you know like is peter exposing me to Hamish because he wants me dead and you're like katniss scale he's literally in love with you anyways yeah. <laughs> that's the funniest thing about her internal monologue is how completely unaware she is yeah about like other people's feelings towards her like even her her like closest friend in her district she's like oh yeah we're like we're just kind of like acquaintances but we do like eat together every day and like we tell each other different things and we spend all this time together but like she's not my friend or anything or with <laughs> pita she's like I don't know. Right, right. And I was just going to say, I feel like I've read a lot of things where it's like, yeah, Katniss is neurodivergent. Yeah. Like, she has her really specific ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. She has her, like, interpretations, and she's, like, very focused. But she's not really, like, adept at knowing what people are thinking about her. Yeah. And I also love that, like, if anything, it just makes her... Like, even in this completely unrelatable situation, like, it just makes you relatable. Yeah. It's like, oh, this boy who likes you, like, you have no idea that this boy, like, you don't think anyone yeah. likes you. And it's, like, so relatable to teenagers, because, like, I remember being 16 and being like, oh, my friends hate me. No one wants to be my friend. Of course. I'm like, why uh, yeah. would my friends yeah. like me? They're only hanging out with me all the time. They must hate yeah. me. <laughs> and they're just, just to make fun of me or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They bullied me. Yeah. The um, difference is, though, when I was 16, I was like, oh, my God, no boys like me. But no boys did actually like yeah, me. Unlike it is. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, no, no one likes me. And nobody did. <laughs> <laughs> and I was and right. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Kat, so because Katniss is in like this, oh, is he trying to kill me? She's like, well, he's strong. He's a hundred pound sack of flour over his head. I've seen it. And he's like, well, I'm not going to kill anyone with a sack of flour also big man you're saying you're not going to kill anyone with a sack of flour what's that what's cake decorating coming into it you know what i mean you're spending your time in trading decorating whatever um and then katniss is like well you have a better chance of winning if someone comes after you with a knife and then there's this awkward bit where peter's like i've got no chance of winning everyone knows it even my mother and she said, oh, district no. 12 might finally have a winner but she wasn't talking about me she was talking about you devastating devastating and i feel oh, like his again, mom sounds like a bitch oh she is <laughs> yeah. she's the worst she's like a little oh, i hate her mm-hmm. um and we get this little bit in the book which again we miss in the film and i feel like it just would have added so much that katniss is like oh no she was 100 talking about you and he's like no she said she's a winner that one and i'm yeah. like i just <laughs> love that you know because also it's like 
why does Peter's mum hate Katniss? You know, like right. she's a winner of that one. Like this disgusting <laughs> little girl. I just love it. Anyway. That nasty little dirty little. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. nasty little girl. She'll probably win. You won't though. <laughs> See you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> They didn't even take like, the three minutes. They didn't to come to the three minutes yet. <laughs> they were like, just to let you know, she is gonna win. See ya. Peace. We've already Smell made you a later. welcome home cake. <laughs> uh, and Katniss has another memory flash to Peter's mother, the little ooh, hitting him, burning some bread, and making him feed it to the pigs. But Peter saw Katniss weak, leaning against a tree in the way, and he tossed the bread to her. And I think from there, we literally get no other explanation other than later on in the movie when he's talking about it. But yeah. I'm like, did Gary Ross watch that and be like, yep, that's sufficient? All mm-hmm. the viewers at home will now understand that Katniss was starving for months, yeah. went outside the bakery and got tossed bread, and it saved her life. You know? Yeah, like, the gravitas no. is not gravitating. No, mm-hmm. it's just not there. Yeah. Is it? I'm trying to remember if it's like canon in the books or it's just, uh, you know, uh, a headcanon that he burned the bread on purpose. I think that's um, what it was. Yeah, I think. Wait, yeah. Yeah. I think he does say at some point that he's like, oh, yeah, I burned it on purpose. I yeah. hardly remember, but I feel like there is a definite moment where he's like, oh, no, I did it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like the whole situation is like Katniss is been starving because her dad's been dead for like six months her mum's in shock they aren't eating anything and then the bread gets thrown and Katniss sees a daisy which then makes her be like oh my god I can hunt because she remembers about daisies and the whole and there's like just a whole situation that the bread does that just isn't explained in the movies Yeah, guys I googled it just to get a definitive answer prior to the reaping Katniss and Peeta had one one interaction when they were 11 when Peeta deliberately burned two loaves yes. of bread in his family's bakery and That's took a beating man. from his abusive mother to feed a starving Katniss. Oh my God, I've just remembered. It is canon. And he tells her when he comes back from the Capitol. That's when he tells her. <gasps> and he's just been hijacked. But he remembers that. Oh my God. He remembers that. <sighs> I love him. I, went, I have to rewatch the next movie because like, when I read the book and he was hijacked, I was literally like torn to shreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My heart was broken. Oh my God. Wow. Okay. I need to, I need to recover. Before we <laughs> I know. Okay. I know. <laughs> so we go back to training and Katniss watches the careers do their combat training while she learns how to build a fire. And she sees like PETA, he ends up like falling down and he, as he's climbing a rope ladder. Oof. And the career is looking at him like, mmm, dinner. And Katniss is like, hey, PETA, you got to throw that heavy metal thing over there. And he's like, what are you talking about? We have that, that's like the famous shot where he's like laying down on the ground and she's crouching towards him. Yes. And he's like, no, Hamish says we're not supposed to show our skills here. But Katniss is like, yeah, well, the careers are looking at you like you're a meal. So you got to do something. So Peta gets up and he lifts the like giant heavy weight, fucking yeeting that thing across the room. Brandishing it. It looks insane. And he knocks over a bunch of spears and the careers are like, oh, shit. He, he it does kind of give me the ick, though. <laughs> it does kind of give me the ick. Like I really? watch it and I'm like, I'm like, oh, bro, like, why do you think <laughs> like. 
obviously in like obviously yeah very good shows peter's very strong but i'm like why do you think that mm. i was a save like you just threw this ball at some <laughs> random fucking like spears you're just making like, a mess not... peter yeah like, <laughs> you're just, like clean it up <laughs> you're not doing it it just gives me what the was, ick a little what bit. was the other the gale ick the gale ick was where he was like um it's gonna be you yeah so don't right? don't <laughs> like, do that like, oh, oh yeah and don't throw and heavy don't objects throw <laughs> right <laughs> so then later on in the training this is where we finally get to see Peta's um artistry his skills coming to life at the mm -hmm. painting station where he has painted his hand to camouflage against a tree bark and like it's it's an insane skill that he has and it blows my mind that they just equate this very transferable skill from decorating cakes i'm also mm -hmm. like who's buying a decorated cake in district yeah. 12 who has the money to do that? Haymitch? Real talk. Real talk. Right. So the next thing we see is the penthouse. Um, Haymitch is talking to Katniss and Peta and says tomorrow they'll bring all the tributes in one by one for evaluation. And high ratings means more sponsors. So that's the time to show off all your skills. They'll be last, so they need to be memorable. So Katniss goes in for her evaluation and the game makers are literally having a cocktail party. Like, it's yeah. so blasé. She announces herself, and they all turn to look at her as she picks up the bow and arrow and takes her for a shot, which she ends up missing, um, which is, like, shocking from what we see in the woods earlier. But they're all laughing. They go back to their conversation. And then Katniss takes another shot, and this time she hits the heart target and she's dead on but nobody sees it so katniss watches as they congregate around a suckling pig with an apple in its mouth and she picks up another arrow and shoots it right through the apple nailing it to the wall and she's like thank you for your consideration my girl my girl and again, I feel like that, like, it is so powerful in the movie. Mm -hmm. But again, you just miss the dialogue of Katniss. Yeah. You know, because she walks in and she's like, do I even introduce myself? Am I meant to say anything? Because they're not paying me right. any attention. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, this bow is so different to the bow I've used in the woods back home. Like, I right, don't know. she needed a practice shot. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. But whatever. Me and Gary Ross are going to be having weirds, but that's okay. <laughs> And then we cut to Effie's reprimanding Katniss because she's like, why did you do that, Gail? And Haymitch gives Katniss a thumbs up and says, nice shooting, sweetheart. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so wait, who's your celebrity crush in this movie? Is it Peta? Don't ask me that question. Don't ask me that question because I can't tell you the answer. I feel like I have different ones. They're all different yeah. for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> They're all my celebrity crush. Um, <laughs> and he says it was genius. And then he's like what did they say and she's like well they were pretty shocked and like, oh god i just love it anyways <laughs> and i feel like that as well <laughs> sorry i keep going off tangent no and i love that bit because katniss and haymitch like that gives you the first hint that yeah. katniss and haymitch are on the same page yeah they're like, very, in a very different way in a very different way to like Hamish and Peter. Yeah. You know, like Katniss and P Katniss and Hamish have a very similar humor. They're both very dry. And it shows the kind of more calculating side of both of them, which I just love. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then it comes time for the ratings. And again, we get like a little montage section. They're just flying through them. Korea's all get nines and tens. Rue gets seven. And everyone's like, ooh. And then Peter gets an eight. And they're all really happy because they're like, ooh, good job, Peter. Effie's like, we can work with that. As if Effie's going to do anything to do with yeah. Peter's training. Um, <laughs> and then finally, Katniss Everdeen, um, she gets an 11. And everyone's like, oh, oh my shit, bro. Mm-hmm. Everyone is shocked and everyone's thrilled and they toast to Katniss. I always feel bad for Peter in this scene. I know. He's like, Congratulations. And then he's just sat there while they're all like, like, My mom was right. Like, I'm fucking yeah, dead. I'm dead in the woods. <laughs> yeah. And like, they're all like, Whoa, Katniss, yeah, let's have some champagne. And Peter's like, Oh, God, my mom didn't think I was going to win. The capital doesn't think I'm going to win. Oh, I don't God. think I'm going to win. Aw, poor Peter. And then Katniss Everdeen, we get Sinner being like, The girl on fire. Sinner's another one. Sinner is another one of my celebrity crushes. Yeah. You can't, there's, there's no yeah. one in this movie who I don't fancy. Yeah. <laughs> President Snow. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. But in the trailer, in the trailer for the new movie, Loki, yeah. Loki. <laughs> oh my gosh! So speaking of President Snow, he is having a little uh, tête-à-tête with Seneca, and he's upset that Seneca gave Katniss a rating of eleven. But Seneca's like, you know, she had guts. What can I say? And Snow asks him why he thinks they have a victor for the Hunger Games. And says that if they just wanted to intimidate the districts, then they would just round up 24 of them and execute them all at once. But the reason they have it is hope. Because hope is the only thing stronger than fear. He says, a little hope is effective. A lot of hope is dangerous. A spark is fine as long as it's contained. So, contain it. Mm-mm-mm. Chills. And he wrote that all out as well. Like, that wasn't even in the script. Donald Sutherland wrote that whole thing and showed it to Gary Ross. Like, hey, like, I just wrote this. I don't know, like, if you like it or not. And Gary oh Ross God. was like, perfect. We'll put it in. We'll put it in. Donald Sutherland, his pen just out here, scribbling oh, away. R- scribbling. scribbling away. So we go to dinner. Hamish sits down and Katniss asks him where Peta is. And he's like, oh, he's in his room. Tomorrow is the last day. You get to work with your own tributes. So they'll be going to training together at 9 a.m. And she asks about Peta and Hamish says Peta wants to be trained on his own from now on. And this usually happens at this point. There's only one winner after all. I'm like, you are not even... You're like, yeah, I'm going to die. Like, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. He's like 16. And I hate to be sounding like a broken record. But again, <laughs> Gary Ross, <laughs> pull up. There's things missing. This is too heavy. How are you going to bring in about like, oh, he wants to be trained on his own now, when you didn't bring in the fact that they had the initial conversation where Hamish said to them, like, in the books, Hamish is like, do you want to be trained on your own or together? And Katniss and Peter are like, oh, we'll just be trained together. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have that in the movie. So how are you then going to have a line later on that says he wants to be trained on his own from now on? That's yeah. why it's such an important moment, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. Anyways, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> and again, you've got Katniss's inner monologue being like, oh, my God, he wants to kill me. And you're like, no, Gail. He it's wants because he's to about love to tell you. Hamish. I'm going to tell yeah. them all I love her. He wants to be your husband. <laughs> he wants yeah. to be your boyfriend, even if you are about to kill each other. <laughs> yep. And then we finally have the interviews and Caesar Flickerman's beat. Da, 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 da. 
Oh, what a bar. So good. (laughs) And he's here to conduct the interviews with all the tributes the night before. That, like, Caesar Freckman, did you see? Stanley Tucci said that when he was preparing for the role, he was watching a load of like um, late night talk shows. And the one that he was most inspired by was Graham Norton. Oh my God. And when you watch it back, you're like, that is so obvious. Like, it's such a Graham Norton vibe. You know what I mean? And he's and like it just makes so much sense, yeah. You know? Um, and Katniss is in the red dress in a design for here, and and Sinner's like, this is the only line in the whole thing that makes me cringe that Katniss says. But it's when Sinner's like, you look amazing, and she's like, I don't feel amazing. And it just makes me <laughs> die. So I'm like, Gil, why did you? She's like, to I'm a amazing? teen. I'm angsty. Yeah, in yeah. it like. Katniss, you are literally about to go into an arena with 23 other people and shoot each other. And you're like, yeah. I don't feel anything. like it. Yeah, I'm not like, I, feeling too hot right now. I don't know. My prom dress isn't fitting right. Like, get a grip, yeah. girl. Um, and she's like, oh, I don't know how to get people to like me. Because she's panicked about the sponsors because obviously she's just done this whole day. And again, we missed this whole day of training mm-hmm. that we go through with Effie and Hamish, and Effie's trying to make Katniss walk in heels and Katniss is like girl I don't know how to walk in heels yeah. which is why she stumbles on stage so how are you going to include <laughs> anyways Gary Ross <laughs> um, and Sinner's like well you made me like you and she just needs to be herself and pretend that she's talking to Sinner and we have like a montage of the interviews again we see some very annoying clips from glimmer she gets on my nerves yeah i just ah, <laughs> uh, that girl i did see a clip of um like rue's interview and yes. how like heartbreaking that is and i do wish yes. they included like some of oh, the 100%. other tribute interviews yeah. in there because they filmed all of them yeah and they just would have rounded out i also would have been so fuming if i was one of the actors and I had had that interview segment. Yeah. And like, especially with Ruse as well, because it is so tender. And like, Amanda Stenberg is just such an amazing actress. And I feel like it's so poignant as well. And then it's just cut. And like, she's such a good actress and she was literally yeah. like 12. You know what I mean? <sighs> um, And then we finally get to Katniss and she goes out to crowd and she goes out onto the stage and the crowd is cheering and she can't really hear because she's never really encountered crowds before. And she's like, what is going on? Um, but the crowd are eating it up because she's the girl on fire, you know what I mean? And Caesar is like, wow, 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 you made quite an entrance at the tribute parade. And Hatness is like, well, she's kind of hoping I wouldn't burn to death, you know? She's just very dry, very sarcastic. And the capital eat it up. Mm-hmm. I don't think the capital know what comedy is in this other universe no. the capital just are like, what is real entertainment? Because I don't think they understand satire. No. no, not at all. Because like I'm like that wasn't even that funny. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like it's a chuckle, but it ain't it ain't that much, you know. Yeah. Like let's not cue the laugh track. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he asks about the flames, and she very coyly says that she's wearing them today, and she's like, "Would you like to see?" And then she goes the she goes up there, she does a little spin, and the flames are twirling again. Those awful CGI flames that I wish I could fire someone over. <laughs> and the crowd are going wild um and caesar is like right let's take this let's take a turn here and he's like so your little sister your 12 year old sister who you volunteered for who otherwise would have been here fighting to the death um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how do you feel about it <laughs> how was After that the chat goals <laughs> how is your family trauma um 
says like we're all we were all moved by you volunteering he's like what did you say to your little sister and Katniss is like oh well I said I try to win that I try to win for her and he mm. and Caesar's like and I'm sure you will and then there's silence there's a moment where we all have to take it in and then he's like Katniss I'm gonna the game on fire and then the crowd goes crazy again <laughs> Oh my gosh. When, when all that this girl has done, realistically, up until this point, because real talk, the capital have seen nothing from the training room. Like, yeah. they haven't seen his shoot or anything. So, up until this point, the only things that they've seen of Katniss Everdeen is her volunteering for Prim, which, yes, very cute. Well done. Good girl. <laughs> they've seen her go on a chariot with a fire behind her. Yeah. And now they've seen her come out, say about four words. And yet the crowd are eating her up. Yeah. And it just goes to show you, like, the capital, this is the entertainment for the year. What well, I don't know what other sheet TV shows they've got going on in the meantime, but... <laughs> yeah, what's, what's the are... film industry like in the capital? Like, what's, <laughs> what's going on? Where's what's the, the Hollywood district? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so after Katniss's interview, she goes backstage to watch PETA's. And... The man is just dripping with charm and charisma oh. and likability. Everybody absolutely loves him. He's like making jokes with Caesar. He's like, I baked a bread. Look at me. <laughs> I'm cute. And they're like making jokes about how the yeah. water smells like roses and they're like sniffing each other. The crowd is lapping it up. And Caesar asks Peta if there's a, a special girl back home. I mean, look at that face. Come on. Yeah. And Peta's like, well... There is one girl that I've liked forever, but, you know, I, I don't even think she recognized me until the reaping. And Caesar is like, well, I'm sure she will now. I'll tell you what, you win this thing, you go home, and then she'll have to go out with you. And Peta says, no, winning won't help because she came here with me. <gasps> what? Oh God. Screams. Caesar is like... Well, that's bad luck. And Peta says, it is. And then Caesar wishes him the best. Oh, my gosh. So immediately when he goes backstage, Katniss assaults him and is like, Grab the, the way she grabs him by the neck I know. is insane. I kind of love it, though, because I'm like, yeah, go queen. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Save that for the bedroom. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> So she's like, what the hell was that? You don't talk to me. And then you say you have a crush on me. You want to train alone. Like, is that how you want to play? But Hamish is like, hold on a second. Like, PETA doing this did you a favor. And Candace is like, it's making me look weak. But he's like, no, it's making you look desirable. You're going to sell the shit out of the star-crossed lovers from District 12 narrative. And it might just get you some sponsors and save your freaking life. But even that whole situation with Haymitch, and this is like, I feel like we were robbed of it in the books as well. Like, I would have loved to have known what Haymitch did when Peter was like, oh, I want to train alone. And then mm. Haymitch's like, oh, okay, let's talk about your interview. And he was like, okay, I'm going to tell the world that I love Katniss. Right. Yeah. Like, is Haymitch just sat there like, um, bro. <laughs> bro, He's I like, hate to okay. break it to you. <laughs> All right, but like you are gonna have to kill each other. Um, and this is like another thing that I think people don't give Peter credit for. Like he's so smart because he mm -hmm. does this not only in he just this, has but different skills. Yeah, yeah, in catching fire too. Like he he knows how to work a crowd to his 100%. advantage. The media training. He's got yeah, our media crazy. training in the bag. Yeah. 
But even like Hamish saying like he made you look desirable, like it's just fucked up that Hamish. But again, and then we find out because of Hamish knows all the secrets of the whole victors and everything. Hamish is like, I need to give you sex appeal. I need to give this sixteen-year-old yeah. sex appeal to make you all want just give him money you know like mm -hmm. it's just fucked yeah. that he's yeah. like it's such a sad thing that he's come to such a team that he's like i have to sell you to make sure you live you know yeah. what i mean it's crazy it's just so it's so messed up but then we do get one of my favorite scenes oh, ever so good and katniss can't sleep and she goes to the living room and peter's also there and they're listening to all this chanting from the crowds outside and she sits with him and she's like i'm so sorry um and Peter's like, well, I meant it as a compliment. And you can kind of tell there's like this tension in the air where Katniss is still like, Katniss just can't work out what Peter's game plan is because she's like, does he actually fancy me? Is he just working with Haymitch to make people fancy me? Or is he just trying to get famous himself? You know, like, is he just trying to win himself? Right. Um, and there's this whole tense moment and they're just locking eyes. And I feel like it's, the moment like the most humanizing moment of both of them yeah because you know the whole time before they're just caught up in the oh we need to make you train we need to make you um popular we need to do this and then there's just this moment where it's like you just remember that these are just like two teenagers who are about to be sent into this like awful situation mm. um and they look at the crowds and pieces like i don't want the games to change me and this like it always makes me just get like this knot in my throat because i'm like it's the it's also I feel throughout the whole book series really the only time where you hear Peter kind of critique the capital. The whole time throughout like the movies and the books, Peter kind of you never hear like a explicit thing where Peter says that he doesn't like who the capital are or what they do and he doesn't like the games. Like you never hear any of this, whereas you hear it from like Katniss and Gale and Hamish. Yeah. Whereas Peter is just, Peter's almost just resigned to his fate. Peter's a person who's just accepted that this is how life has to be, so I just have to go along with it. But in this moment where you see that Peter is like, I don't want to be a piece in their games, I want to show them that they don't own me, you know? Yeah. And I just love that. Yeah. I feel like it's just such a, it just rang out his character beautifully, you know? Mm -hmm. And it also shows that he feels that he can talk to Katniss in a way that, he can't necessarily talk to others. Oh, I just love him. Anyways. Um, yeah. And Josh Hutcherson delivers it beautifully. Like, I really don't think he gets credit for how good of an no, actor he is. Not at all. No, because he did so many things as a younger actor. I feel mm -hmm. like yeah. his um, characters don't usually get taken as seriously. Yeah. No, 100%. And it's such beautiful acting and especially later on in the series when we get to Mockingjay, like, he's so talented. Yeah. But I feel like because... The Hunger Games just got like, it just got branded with the YA brush, you know, that yeah. it was like, oh, no, none of this is actual real acting. This is just little, you know. It's just kid stuff. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Katniss asks, does that mean you won't kill anyone? And he's like, no, I'm sure I will when the time comes to it. And he says that classic, if I'm going to die, I want to still be me. And then Katniss, in another beautifully crafted, beautifully delivered line, says, I just can't afford to think like that. And then we have a pause, which is good because the trailer wouldn't have been as powerful if she said, I have to think about Prim. Yeah. But it is like mm -hmm. another, oh, wow, kick in the throat. Mm -hmm. And then the eye contact between them, oh, God, just sends me to heaven, Ugh. you know? 
unmatched. I hope they're still friends. I hope Me so. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I think they are because the three of them were so close on set. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently rumored Jennifer Florence and Liam Hemsworth were a little bit closer yeah. than close on set. She did say, like, in an interview that they did kiss uh, off screen. Mm -hmm. And everyone in Miley's, because obviously Miley's just released flowers, obviously, about Liam Hemsworth. um, And she's wearing, like, a gold dress that looks like the dress that Jen wore to the Catching Fire premiere. And everyone's like, ooh. Yeah. So the next morning, Hamish tells Katniss that in the arena, there are going to be tons of weapons and supplies in the middle. It's called the cornucopia. But don't go for it. It's a bloodbath. You just have to run, find high ground in water. And also don't step off the pedestal early because they'll blow you sky high. And this is something that gets explained more in the book. But yeah, if you step off before the cannon goes, then they will blow you up. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh. So he tells Katniss that she can do this before she heads off to the aircraft. And in the aircraft, all the tributes are there and they inject uh, trackers into all of their arms. Yes. So Katniss arrives in her holding room where Cinna is waiting for her. And he gives her a hug and gives her her jacket. And on it is the Mockingjay pin. And correct me if I'm wrong, but like that's technically not allowed. In the book, she gets permission, doesn't she? So in the book, it's at the very last second that she gets permission because okay. they have to like, so I think she has it, she has it on a dress or something at some point. Yeah. And Sinner, and like she, Katniss completely forgets about it. She can't, she, like, she doesn't even remember it. And then Sinner is like, I asked them if you could take this in and they've granted it. And we get a little tidbit as well that they're like, um, because Glimmer was going to take in a ring and she wasn't allowed to take the ring in because if you twisted the jewel, it like revealed mm. like a poison needle. Yeah. And right. and then we get a whole nother bit where Katniss talks about district tokens and how they allowed some of them and not allowed others because again, it links back into the pedestal exploding. They, she says that one year, one of them had like a wooden orb and he dropped it <gasps> before the timer was done and he just... Boom. Oh, God. Explodes. So she does get to take in this Mockingjay pin on her jacket. And Cinna says he's not allowed to bet. But if he could, he'd bet on her. And Katniss gets into her launch tube and turns around to look at Cinna one last time before it starts bringing her up to the arena. I do wonder, like, was anyone in there for PETA? Was he just by himself? Oh, I know, my little boy. We would have been with his stylist, but then Mm. I don't know if him and his stylist had the same, you know, repertoire. What's the word? What am I thinking of? The rapport, yeah. I guess I always just assumed that, like, Cinna was both of their stylists. No, there's a woman, oh my God, Portia. (laughs) Oh, right. I am sat here with the full <laughs> encyclopedia inside my head i love it no, i love Portia. it she was born here um she's <laughs> got this hair color um but she has a much bigger role in the books and again yeah. it gets dumbed down in the films like you just see it in background shots really um but i imagine she would have been with peter but it's just not the same as silly you know silly mama yeah, of course yeah um and so 
Katniss gets into the tube, she goes up, and it's a forest environment. So immediately Katniss is like, ooh. Nice. Motif. Um, and she looks around at the other tributes, the cornucopia, and she sees the bow and arrow. And we have this beautiful um, comparison between, you get these inter-shots like shots between the arena and the capital. And you see that the people in the capital are cheering and counting down in glee. And the people in the districts are sat there like pooping themselves. And I think it's so mm-hmm. crazy. Like, like they have to watch it, you know, like the capital aren't like, oh, just send these two kids off and never think about them again. They're like, no, we're yeah. going to make you watch them fight to the death. Um, Gail sat alone in the woods. Oh, loser. <laughs> literally can't stand him. <laughs> um, and Peter looks at Katniss, can already see what she's thinking because he knows it better than she knows himself. <laughs> um, and he's like, don't get that bow and arrow, Gilly. shaking his head. And three... So one, the game start, everybody is running and Peter runs for the woods immediately. And Katniss, I remember in the books, there's this moment where Katniss is so pissed at Peter because she's like, there's this whole internal monologue where she's like, I was one of the fastest girls in school. Like I know how to run. If I get my hands on that bow and arrow, like I'm going to be in the money. I know Hamish said not to. And she's like actively preparing herself to go for the bow and arrow when she sees Peter shake shake his head and he throws it off because she's then like, she misses the three to one countdown. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Oh my shit. I could have had that bow and arrow in my hands. And I remember she's so annoyed at Peter, but it's like, Gail, he is saving your life. He's like, you ain't going to get him. You ain't going to get it, Gail. Um, And she runs past the cornucopia. She doesn't want to be a part of that bloodbath. She grabs a bag of supplies and she's running into the woods. She trips. She is about to get slashed with an axe and her assailant is killed by Clove with a knife. I love Clove's knives. I think it's like the coolest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. If I I did have like a weapon of choice, it would be throwing knives you know i just think they're just such style yeah um and then clove's ready she's like i'm gonna kill this little girl on fire right now there's not gonna be anyone with a score 11 in this arena mm-hmm. um and katniss blocks it with a bag which i do always think would that bag actually have sustained a block to that effect yeah you know? there's not much in there but yeah exactly like come on girl but Katniss runs from Clove. She bumps into Foxface, which I think is another beautiful moment because they look at each other and they both are weird, like, we should try and kill each other right now. But let's just go. Like, yeah. let's just leave it. Yeah, Foxface has the tiniest, like, glimmer of a smile mm-hmm. when she sees her. And then they just go yeah. their opposite ways. And she's like, should I? And Katniss is... And they both have, like, this little shaky moment where they're like, are we about to yeah. fight? Are we about to not fight? And then they just mm-hmm. leave it. And I just love that. Oh my gosh. So she's running through the woods. The shaky cam is going crazy. And she finally finds a place to sit down, look at what's in the bag. And it has rope, an empty water bottle, a rain jacket, some coil, and matches. Then she hears the booms of the cannon. And like the every time a cannon sounds, it signifies the death of a tribute. So she counts the cannonballs, and there are 12. <laughs> just slaughtered off the mm. bat yeah and like the the montage of all the the tributes being killed in the cornucopia bloodbath is pretty horrific especially because we see one of the other younger tributes like a 12 year old get killed by kato like immediately the ginger boy yeah the ginger boy who's from district four and this mm-hmm. 
is always like in the books again the district four boy is or the district four girl one of them from district four is originally part of the korea pack and in the film they kill them both off in the bloodbath so in mm. the book there's only ever 11 cannons that go off and i never really understood why but i guess it's because they were like we don't want to rained out too much right but another fun fact is that in the uk for years we didn't get the full bloodbath scene oh um because our film ratings are like you pg 12 15 and 18 mm. whereas in the us is pg 13 isn't it and yeah. the people who were watching, who, who like rate films, decided that the bloodbath was like too gory and violent to be in a mm. 12. And obviously they were like, well, we don't want to make it a 15. Right. Because that cuts out like half of our demographic. Oh, interesting. Mm. So they cut out like four minutes wow. of the thing. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a uh, it's very jarring for sure to mm -hmm. watch. Really awful. So Katniss uh, goes through the woods and she manages to find a stream with fresh water. She also fashions some branches into like a trap that will like stab any attackers that come near her. <laughs> she makes a little fire. She roasts a squirrel. And then, you know, she stamps out the fire before dark and climbs a tree to uh, tie herself to so she mm -hmm. can sleep safely. So the game makers project the capital seal up into the sky and they show the faces and districts of the fallen and Katniss is relieved not to see Peta. So then we have the night and Katniss wakes up to the scent of smoke and turns to see that one of the tributes has made a fire after dark. Not the smartest. Yeah. And she has to listen as the careers kill her and another cannonball explodes. So Claudius and Caesar are the commentators for the event, and they say there's an alliance forming with the careers, Cato, Clove, Glimmer, and Marvel. And they're literally, like, taking joy in this girl being killed. Like, they're like, ha, ha, ha. And Cato goes, um, hey, lover boy, you sure she went this way? And it turns out Peta is in their fucking group. <gasps> and, oh I mean, he says helping them uh, track Katniss, but he's just infiltrating them, right? He's not actually. Yeah, mm -hmm. like Katniss doesn't know that. She thinks that mm -hmm. Peta is helping them like yeah. track her down and kill her. Well, mm -hmm. Katniss thinks everyone's out to get her, so. Yeah. Yeah. Retweet. So Glimmer wants to kill him now, but Cato says that Peta is their best chance of finding Katniss. So everyone's backstabbing each other, except Peta. 100%. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I read the books and Peta was in the thing, I was like, it just throws you into a sense of like, what is he up to? Yeah. Right. And then also you're like, Loki can't hate on him because, you know, everyone's got to do what they got to do to survive. Right. But then also at the same time, you're like, bro, you just said you loved it. Mm -hmm. What's the set? The story's here? changing. <laughs> so then when we get to morning, Katniss is walking along the perimeter of the arena and Seneca gets informed that she's almost at the edge and almost two kilometers from the nearest tribute. My girl is hiking. Mm -hmm. She's getting her steps in. She's, she's on her making sure she gets that 10K a day. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> And Seneca's like, chain her around. And I do love that we get these little bits where it's like very obvious 
we need to make sure that we have a games, you know, which you don't Yeah, get, they are producing. Yeah, that you don't get from the books because you only get Katniss's standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and Katniss climbs another tree, classic Katniss, up a tree, ties herself and falls asleep. And she's eventually woken up by some sounds. She's around in the whole fucking forest is just burning down there's trees everywhere she's heating up she says when did i get in the oven she's like let me get out of this sitch real quick she unties herself and jumps down to run away but the fire is spreading like crazy and then you think oh well it's a forest fire that's pretty bad anyways before you know it there's literal fireballs just shooting up it you know what i mean just shooting every which way and she is running through and I love in the books as well, it talks about how like there's like deer running through the woods at the same time. Mm-hmm. And Katniss like in her head yeah. is like, oh, at least that means there's like deer and rabbits here. Like, girl, <laughs> there's fire. Okay? Yeah, there's fire too. And it's fucking shooting at you. Okay, <laughs> we ain't got safe. time to be thinking about food. <laughs> um, the game makers keep shooting these fireballs. There's burning trees falling in her path. It becomes very clear that they're directing her in a yeah. certain path. And I think even in the book, she starts to think to herself, like, is this a path that's being crafted for me? Um, And then all of a sudden she gets a pretty bad burn and it is gross right on one of her legs. And for me, that would have been me done. Yeah. I would have had that and I would have been like, I can't take this anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The moment I got burned, I would have been sat there like, let the fires take me. I'm done with this. (laughs) You've done too much. I can't go on. I'm in so much pain. I'm like such a wimp with pain anyway. So that would have been me. (laughs) Um, But she manages to look out the way from a second fireball and runs into the water. Oh, that burn is nasty. That burn is so nasty. And I just sit there like Katniss Gill. That would have been me over over now. I would have pointed at a camera wherever there was would have been like, listen. (laughs) Take me. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done, bro. Can I tap out? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So meanwhile, the career pack are on the other side of like the water. They're heading right towards Katniss. So the game makers get a cannon ready. Katniss sees them bounding in her direction. The the way that they're just like, like having a little jaunt through the forest, like laughing (laughs) it up. Kato and Glimmer are like flirting. It's so weird. Gross. I hate it. I remember in the book, though, that there's more of, like, a connection between Kato and Clove than Kato and Glimmer. Yeah, there's, like, a weird thing where mm-hmm. I feel like in the book, at the, towards the end of the games, you see, yeah. like, the connection between Kato and Clove. But I think there is a tiny bit of a thing that is very Glimmer-led. Mm-hmm. And Katniss in her head is like, oh, bro, like, why are you just trying to copy the blueprint? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. And it becomes very clear that all of their mentors have suddenly been like, that's a really good thing. Yeah. Try and latch on to what Katniss and Peter have, you know? Good luck. It's not going to work <laughs> for you. It's so, hard to replicate what's real, okay? Exactly, exactly. So the careers do spot Katniss and they start running for her. So she gets out of the water. She starts running away. She manages to climb up a tree again to escape them. And Kato tries to like climb up the tree after her where they're like, yeah, go get her, Kato. You got this. But he (laughs) slips and falls Mm -hmm. because he's a fool. And Mm -hmm. Glimmer then pulls out the bow and arrow, which she has snagged from the cornucopia she tries to shoot Katniss, but she misses because nobody knows a bow and arrow like Katniss does. Mm-hmm. Kato also tries, but he is not a good shooter either. So then Katniss gets a little attitude and she's like, why don't you throw the sword? 
And PETA then is like, hey, we should just wait her out, you know? She got to come down sometime. It's either that or starve to death. We can just kill her then. <sighs> PETA. Pain. So Kato agrees and is like, make a fire. So Katniss looks down at PETA in shock, hurt by this betrayal. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the Capitol, Hamish watches as Katniss is in excruciating pain from her burn. Like, she tries to pour water on it, but it's too painful. She, like, presses the sleeve of her jacket to it. It looks Mm -hmm. horrendous. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So he's like, I gotta do something. And he starts smooching the people of the capital. He's... He's talking them up. He's making deals. He is getting her that sponsorship. Wow. So that night comes. They're still waiting. And (laughs) this note, Glimmer, are you literally flirting with Kato? He's (laughs) like, he's doing something. And she's like, boys. Boys. What's wrong with you? (laughs) She's like, I got to enjoy my life while it lasts. He's like sticking his sword in the fire. And then it like glows. He spits spits on it it to cool it down. And she's like. Boys. Boys. Ew. Gross. Uh, let me feel your muscles. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> so Peta stares at Katniss. She's still in the tree. And then a little tiny parachute falls from the sky for Katniss. It's a salve for her burn wound with a note from Hamish saying, apply generously and stay alive. So she rubs it on her burn and it provides relief instantly. And she's just like, oh, thank you. What a boy Hamish is. You know what I mean? He's a a real one. He's like, I don't like anything. I am tough and hard, but he like, he he loves Katniss. He's like a daughter. Oh, God, I love him. (laughs) So we're now at the nighttime. Glimmer is literally led there, flirting with Kato. She's like, oh, boys. He, oh, no. Wait, sorry. We've moved on. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We're at the morning. And Glimmer and Kato are literally spooning. Glimmer sat there. You can Insanity. tell she's like, oh my God, those muscles. Those <laughs> muscles, bro. And you're like, Glimmer, for starters, you're literally like at most 17, 18. Mm-hmm. Get a grip. Um, and also like, you're all going to die. So It's also like a siblings are dating situation with them. Real. <laughs> yeah. So real. Oh, and then Katniss wakes up and she's like, oh my God, been already over. New era, new me, ready to mm-hmm. kill the game. <laughs> but then she's like, oh, bit of an issue. Got those careers down there. And she hears some little commotion in the tree next to her. Little Rue, my Aww. girl, my number one. And as per usual, Rue has been flitting about in these trees. Mm-hmm. She's like, Psst, and she points to the tracker jacker hive. And Above the um, careers, and she's like, Katniss, cut that shit. She's like, soaring away. She's like, Rue is giving that little motion. She's like, saw through that branch, Gil, mm-hmm. and let them know. Um, and you've got to think as well, like, has Rue been tracking Katniss this whole time? Because there's no yeah. way that Rue would know that she had a knife, you know? Unless Rue has been tracking Katniss. Yeah, I And know so. that she's got the knife to cut them down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the worst, most nightmare-inducing <laughs> bits ever, we start to get Caesar and Claudius Templesmith's tracker jacker the whole speech where Caesar is like, oh, is that a tracker jacker? And he Claudius literally like, says, like, mm. for those of you at home who don't know. I I'm know. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, me in the movie theater who doesn't know. 
Um, and he's like, they're genetically engineered wasps who cause pain, powerful hallucinations, and death. And Katniss is climbing up that tree to the hive, and she's soaring at the branch. And I remember in the book, she's like, oh, thankfully, most of them have been knocked out by the smoke from the fire. Um, and she's soaring away, but then those bitches are waking up. Those bitches yeah. are waking up, and they're ready to sting. And she's mm. get, I think she gets stung three times, but she's still soaring through, which, again... Better than me because the moment I got stung for the first time, I would have like, been I'm like, out. "We're done." I would have been like, "Is there a way I can just kick this shit open and get it done with?" You know. <laughs> um, but she yeah. does eventually break through. The nest falls into the careers. They run in. They're screaming. They all manage to go away apart from Glimmer, who is getting Oof. stung up to fuck. She that girl falls and she's screaming. She's flying around. And I do think as an actress, like. That was me. I would really struggle. Imagine the director being like, "Yep, yeah, there's millions of bees on you right now. So just roll around in that foliage and uh. scream your little head off." Like I'd be cringing at myself. I'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, you this just you just gotta like commit to it. You gotta go yeah, balls 100%. to the wall." <laughs> oh my gosh, this death is pretty brutal, and like mm-hmm. we we do see her corpse, and it, it's hard to kind of tell if this is what her corpse actually looks like or if this is Katniss's hallucination because Katniss has been stung. Um, So she like falls out of the tree as she's climbing down. She's really weakened and dizzy from the venom and she goes to like Glimmer's swollen body and like tries to pry the bow and arrow from her, but her hands are all like, it's, it's pretty gross. You do kind of have to respect the grind with Katniss though. You're like, she's looking at this little broken trigger and she's like not without she's that bow one girl. step ahead she's like yeah. i ain't leaving yet without that silver bow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like in her haze she sees like three pitas barreling towards her and screaming like run run get out of here get out of here so katniss is like barely alive stumbling through the <laughs> woods with her blurry vision she's hallucinating like caesar flickerman walking through the woods and eventually she passes out and while she's passed out she has a dream about the day that her father died in the mine mm-hmm. so this is where we get a little bit of katniss's backstory um she like has this vision of her dad going down into the mines of her house blowing up she imagines herself trying to talk to her despondent mother who is just like staring off into space she's screaming at her to respond but she doesn't see her and then she hears like out of her mother's mouth, Peta's voice and his words telling her to go and run. Yeah, so Katniss wakes up. Where is she? Who's she with? We're going to find out. (laughs) So Katniss wakes up with leaves on her neck and hands where she got stung, and she notices Rue hiding behind a tree, and she tells Rue that she's not going to hurt her. So they eat a squirrel that Katniss caught together, and Katniss gives Rue an extra leg. So I'm like, you're trying to build a sister relationship with this girl you just met. And which you will also have to kill at some point. Like, that's the thing about right. the games is that I'm like, it's all well and good, uh, girl. And I get that you want to protect Rue, but there's literally only one of you that can come out. Yeah. And Rue tells Katniss that she was asleep for a couple of days and she's been changing her leaves. And Katniss is like, thank you. What did I miss? And Rue says that, the girl from one and the boy from 10 died. And she asks about Peta. And Rue says, he's okay. I think he's down by the river. 
Rue has she's keeping tabs on everybody. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Sneaky, sneaky. She's trying to wait it out, and then maybe mm-hmm. like if she's to kill one person or something, she'll do yeah. it. I would be fuming though if I was Katniss. Like if I woke up and someone told me like, "Oh, babe, you've been out for three days." I'd be like, "Oh, what? I know. Oh my god. Yeah, I've just been. I know. Like, I've missed. I like." Even in the Hunger Games, I'd be like, FOMO? What have I missed out on? Like, what's been going on? Who died? What's What's going on? (laughs) So Katniss asks about Peeta, and Rue says that he's okay. She thinks he's down by the river. And then Rue asks if the romance is real. And Katniss laughs and asks about Cato and his little posse. And Rue says they have all their supplies piled by the cornucopia in a big pyramid and Katniss is like, ooh, sounds tempting. I do love their relationship and I do love their friendship. And I think, again, it just shows like another aspect of Katniss that you don't always see like the humanity side where you're like, oh, she does love people. But again, mm-hmm. you, and I think that's the most important part is that the whole way through Katniss's main thing is like, how can I stay alive? How can I stay alive? And this bit shows that, like, for once, she's not thinking of a game plan. She's just like, I just have to help this girl because she's literally 12 years old. Yeah, because you know? Rue yeah. is like a, she reminds her of Prim, so mm-hmm. she can't help exactly. but feel this affection for her. Exactly. Um, but then also Rue and Katniss have a lot of similarities in, like, the very tactical ways that they do think, mm-hmm. um, which is why I think they're yeah, drawn exactly. to each other. And it makes me so sad because I feel like Rue could have been such a good game player if she just mm-hmm. wasn't so young yeah you know and it also like if rue just wasn't so kind like it's very mm-hmm. clear from the off like when you meet rue you're like you are not going to be able to kill anyone again because you're literally 12 years old like how are you going to be able to kill kato you know yeah. what i mean but it's so sad that she has all these other skills that you're like no matter what there's no way that you're going to make this out alive and i think that's what's heartbreaking about it yeah um yeah definitely but they hatch a plan they think if they can get the the careers out, it's all going to be okay. Rue's going to light a bunch of branches on fire. She's going to distract the careers. She's going to be like, look at that shiny thing over there. What's that <laughs> over there? Don't worry about it, Gail. <laughs> um, and then they're going to blow up all of their supplies. How they're going to do that, they still don't know. They're just like, we can just, they're just do something. They're just spitballing, seeing what starts. Yeah, they're just having a good time. Yeah. Um, and Rue says they need a signal in case they get held up and gets the idea to use the Mockingjays because they repeat any sound they hear. Katniss does the whistle, which this is the biggest shame of my life. I, as a person, cannot whistle. So I've never been <gasps> oh, able to no. do this. But fun fact, because I used to be able to play the flute, when I found the Hunger Games and the whistle, I learned what the notes were and would play them on the flute because yeah. I couldn't do it <laughs> With my own whistle. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think that's that's a bigger flex. That's cooler. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to respect the grind. Um mm, the flute grind, the flute girlies. <laughs> Any flautists <laughs> in the chat? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Drew Afuelo on TikTok is a flautist, fun fact. Um I oh messaged her about oh, yeah. it. Yeah, she posted that she was like she posted something about it on her Instagram show and I was like, Oh my god, Gertie, me too. And she was like, No way. Anyway, sorry, that was oh really gosh. random. Um, incredible and so the whistle the mockingjays pick it up it builds to this beautiful little orchestra um rue hugs katniss says and katniss says i'll see you for supper um and then they leave no you won't girl i hate yeah. to break it to you um 
And then again, we get this beautiful moment of score. I love it. This like this bit where it literally feels like Katniss is planning it, and there's like a do 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 do. I just love it. Anyways, mm-hmm. James Newton Howard, I love you. Um, and she's waiting in the bushes, and she's like, "What is going on? They're all just chilling. They're on a little holiday." Um, she also notices. I remember that Peter isn't with them, and she's like, "Oh, bro." Rue said he's not dead, but he's also not with them. So, like, where is my boy? Yeah. Um, and they notice the smoke from Rue's fierce fire and they leave and they leave one tribute who's from District 3. And Candace is like, why is this measly little weasel? Yeah, in he's the like 13. Yeah. yeah. And he's got like no upper body strength. And she's like, <laughs> what is this kid doing here? Like, why is Kato keeping him around? Um, and she surveys the land. She sees a bunch of piles of dirt, and Caesar and Claudius let us know it's a booby trap. Again, I think because they had to make like people who hadn't read the book away. Because if you yeah. hadn't read the book, you'd be like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah. Um, and they've reburied the mine around the resources, and Katniss is about to make a move. In the book, she's like, oh, I'm just going to go up to the first pile and see what's going on. Um, And then Foxface runs by. And it's all because of Foxface that Katniss realizes the trap because Katniss sees Foxface jumping on this specific path. And she's like, oh, bro, these these are little path. There's a situation. And she looks. And they don't have it in the films. But I remember Katniss goes up to the podiums where they all started on. And she feels around and she's like, oh, all of the bombs have been dug up. And then she realizes that all of those mounds of dirt must be the bombs. Um, and the guarding tribute hears something. So she's obviously he hears Foxface because Foxface has just ran off. So mm-hmm. he goes off into the woods with a spear, like he's going to do anything. <laughs> like in, between Margil Foxface and the boy, I'm sorry, I'm I'm putting my bets on Foxface. Yeah, definitely. And Katniss sees a bag of apples and she's like, oh, mm. hello. She shoots one arrow at it and she opens the bag but none fall out she takes a step closer into the field making herself very vulnerable yeah and this time she gets the bag to bust open the apples fall triggers mine the supplies blow up and the other tributes rush back and kato in just literally one second the district three boy is gone and it's very clear that the district three boy has outlived his use he's done what is he here for bye bye um Katniss sees this happen and is like, well, I got to get out of here, girls. Bye-bye. See you later. And she runs back into the woods. Ooh, the, the swiftness with, with which he snaps this boy's neck. Oh, I know. Crazy. And it just becomes very clear that, yes, we are all in a situation where we do have to kill one another. But I think Kate has got some anger issues, you know? Oh, for sure. 100%. He's also sure. just like Kato depressed. could do with some therapy. Oh, yeah. yeah big yeah. time. I mean, it can't. Yeah. He can't do therapy anymore. But like, no, but we'll get to it later. But even his final words, it was just so bleak. Yeah, it's oh, re- yeah, it's really tragic. Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Katniss goes to meet up with Rue. She does her little whistle, and the Mockingjays repeat it, but she doesn't hear Rue's tune back. So something obviously is wrong. But Katniss goes to the meetup spot and sees that Rue hasn't lit the final fire yet. <coughs> And then she hears Rue yell Katniss's name. So Katniss runs through the woods where Rue is being held in a net on the ground. She's like fallen into a trap. Luckily, Katniss goes to free her. They hug. Everything's okay. But then Marvel, who is from District 2? District 1 with Glimmer. District 1? Oh, okay. 
Yeah, he's also played by Jack Quaid, which I never really like clocked until recently. I never oh. knew that he was Dennis Quaid's son. Yeah, Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan's son. Madness. Yeah. How insane. What a, like how crazy that those are your parents. Can we all say just really quick in 10 seconds our favorite Nepo baby? Oh man. There's so many of them. <laughs> so many. Oh, I oh um I feel like my I oh I just don't know. Drew Barrymore. Love. Yes, big time. Big time. Yeah. 100%. I was thinking too Love young to initially, and I was like, these Nepo babies now aren't doing it for me. You need to go more OG. Loki, Miley Cyrus. <gasps> I was going to say Miley. Yeah. yeah I was going to say Miley because be. I was watching her music video at work. Like, we have a TV that plays music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was literally like, damn, she is a Nepo baby, but like yeah. a low key one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, like, real talk. Can we call here a Nepo baby? Because I got to be deadly honest. I didn't know who Billy Ray was. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he was like a Western guy. Yeah. yeah. It was before and our like, time, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She made her own name on Hannah <laughs> Montana. I think, I feel like she did. Yeah. 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 For sure. Oh, man. Um, where am I? Oh, yes. Jack Quaid, Sorry. Marvel. <laughs> He's, he sneaks up behind them. And he throws his spear. And as, like, the spear is flying through the air, Katniss draws her bow and arrow, shoots him, kills him. This is her first, like, actual mm-hmm. kill, kill in the game. Mm-hmm. Then she turns around to see that Rue has been impaled. <gasps> oh, my Christ. I remember when I read that, like, I, it's literally like a core memory of mine. I remember yeah. I was reading it in my bed as a 12 year old and on my kindle so like yeah. the all the lights were off in my room and it literally like and it ends it ends the chapter and mm-hmm. the chapter ends with like and the spear enters rue or something like that and as that sentence happened my mum burst the door open to say goodnight to me and i literally shut myself <laughs> i was just led in bed like what the fuck oh is God. going on and i was like like i'm having a wait moment two seconds. <laughs> i'm breaking down a 12 year old's just been killed oh my okay, god let me live yeah it's horrific yeah. when i read the books the part that i remember specifically is like the flowers that she arranges oh, yes. around her. Yes. So Rue has been impaled. She collapses, and Katniss knows that it's fatal. But she tells Rue, "Like you're okay. You're gonna be okay." And as Rue is laying in her arms, she just looks up at her with her gorgeous long eyelashes, and it's just like, "Did you blow up the food?" And Katniss says, "Every bit of it." And Rue tells Katniss that she has to win. And then she asks Katniss, can you sing? And so Katniss, through tears, sings the meadow song for Rue as she dies. I'm literally crying right now. Like, I literally have tears in my eyes. It's so, so so devastating. Oh my god. So Katniss closes Rue's eyes and then she arranges all the flowers around her. She puts a bouquet in Rue's hands and kisses her on the forehead. And then she looks up to the sky and does the three-finger salute. Yes. And meanwhile, in District 11, as they're watching Katniss salute, they do it back to her. And 
this actually sparks a riot and people start rioting against the peacekeepers, um, the seeds of revolution are being planted. Meanwhile, um, Haymitch tells Seneca not to kill Katniss because that will make her a martyr. There's a lot of anger out there, and if he can't scare them, then he has to give them something to root for, which is young love. So Seneca goes to Snow and tells him about his plan. He's like, everyone likes an underdog. And Snow asks if he's been to districts 10, 11, or 12 and says they're filled with coal, crops, minerals, things they need, and lots of underdogs. And if Seneca um, could see them, he wouldn't root for them. This makes a lot of sense now tying in with, like, this is the line I was talking about earlier, where it makes sense that Snow had spent time in those districts. Yeah. Clearly, there's a lot of resentment there. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, like, yeah. and been a mentor, and it just... Everything. Suzanne Collins' brain just makes me marvel. There's so many beautiful links in so many aspects. And I love that she just beautifully connected that prequel. And it didn't need to be beautifully connected because, like, Mm -hmm. let's be real, whatever she put out was going to make loads of money. Yeah. Um, But she just did. And I just love her. That's like, I think it just really speaks to if if you've built, like, a really solid foundation in your world building the stories will kind of fall in seamlessly and it doesn't feel like retconning. It doesn't feel phoned in. Like she can just continue to expand on like the very solid foundation that she's built. And I feel like with Suzanne Collins as well, one of the things that I love the most about her as an author as well is that like, not a no many names or poop on anyone. Um, but she hasn't felt the need to just keep churning out Mm -hmm. very clear money moves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Joanne. Yeah. <laughs> like there's just not been she the she could have had so many things. Like realistically, mm-hmm. she could have put out so many mini series that were yeah. like, oh, this is just this random person's games. This is just this random person's games. And we all would have ate it up. But mm-hmm. she was like, no, until I have something to say, until I have a story to tell, I'm not doing it. And I just live for that, you know? One hope that I have that she'll do eventually is I would love a standalone on Hamish's games. Me too. Hamish's games would be perfection. Just putting it out there, Suzanne. And Finnick's life. Yeah, and and Finnick. Suzanne, if you hear this. Suzanne, please. I'm sure sure she is listening. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh. And then we dive back into the games. Katniss, here's an announcement in the arena. Again, very clearly, we're being produced that the rules of the game have been changed and two victors can be crowned if they're from the same district. So the emotional whiplash Mm -hmm. that I feel when this happens, I don't know what Katniss is going through because me alone got tears on my cheek the one minute, the next I'm thinking, go find that baker boy. Go find (laughs) that baker boy. Um, And Katniss is immediate. I remember in the books as well, and I hate that they didn't do this. Gary Ross, (laughs) okay? I'm sick of saying it. Um, like in the books, it's nighttime by the time that she's finished crying about Rue. Mm. And she like as soon as they say the announcement, she like says Peter's name aloud yes. and then she instantly like shits herself. And she's like, Oh fuck, I shouldn't have done that. But I love that because I'm like, it shows that she loves him. Anyways. Mm. Um 
And so yeah, she immediately takes off. Again, we get a little montage. She's running around these rivers. She's running through these woods. She sees some blood. She's like, what is going on? Then all of a sudden, she stood by the river and boom, a hand grabs her leg and Peter has emuated himself into a rock on the side of a river. He has used that Makeup Academy skill. Um, it's insane. And- it is insane how he looks as the rock. <laughs> yeah. And we're all meant to just go along with it and, you know, just be like, yeah, that was done with materials that he naturally found in the woods yep. whilst dying from a sepsis wound, yep. but whatever. A sepsis um, wound. Oh. <laughs> this poor boy and goes from baking bread to camouflaging himself, trying to get away from vicious wasps, like evading mm. spears and knives. And all I'm like... while thinking... I love Katniss. Uh, yeah, where's my baby girl? Love her. I'm not <laughs> thinking about her. <laughs> and they have a big sigh of relief. They have a hug. He's like, Katniss. And she's like, oh, hey. Hey. <laughs> you want to talk about doing? things that would give me the ick, but if I look <laughs> down and see my mom <laughs> covered in rock, I would say, what are we doing down there, girl? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So... She tries to tend to this uh, horrific wound he has in his leg because basically mm. Cato stabbed Peta after, yeah. you know, he let Katniss get away. Yeah. It's clearly bad. Like, it is potentially fatal. It's not good. But Katniss tells Peta that she's not going to leave him. And he asks why not, but she doesn't answer. It's because she loves him. But... Eventually, they make their way into a cave where they're going to take shelter. Peta's wound, however, it's getting worse by the minute, and Katniss says that he needs some medicine. But Peta says he doesn't get that many parachutes, which is surprising to me. Like, I feel like people would want to sponsor Peta, but I guess Hamish just really isn't working the crowds for him. No. I think it became very clear that Hamish was like, oh... I want one of them to win. Yeah. And if there was going to be one who was going to win, right. it was Katniss. But this is also another thing, and I was going to talk about this earlier, and I forgot. The whole notes in the movie annoyed me because that's you. they don't get notes in the right. book and in the actual games. And like this next part now where we get into them getting gifts while they're in the caves like these are all secret messages and secret communications between Katniss and Hamish because they get one another yeah and like the notes just take away an aspect of that for me you know right yeah the the unspoken connection could have just been there Mm -hmm. yeah but um yeah Katniss tells Peta that they'll figure something out and then she like kisses I guess it's technically his cheek, but it's like right next to his mouth. Like it's mm-hmm. almost, almost a kiss, so but not quite. And he is taken aback because this is a, a turn of events for him. Then we cut back to fucking Gail, who's just being a sourpuss. Mm-hmm. Watching at home. I hate There's so many things I dislike about this man. There's oh, so many. There's so not many. one I do like, apart from Liam Hemsworth. No. Like visually, you know what I mean. He looks hot. Yeah, yeah. Visually, I'll say that. we got to give it to him. Everything yeah. else. <laughs> we cut back to Katniss, who hears the sound of a falling parachute, and sees that Hamish got them another sponsored gift, and he writes in the note, "You call that a kiss, H." 
So Katniss feeds this soup to Peta. She's like, oh, I'm feeding you for once. And Peta says he thinks about that time all the time. And he should have just gone out in the rain and given it to her. And oh I'm like, God. I love him. It's the yeah. cave. Like, it's the cave. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, me as a teen reading the Hunger Games, reading the cave scene, I was like, mm-hmm. is this sex? Like, <laughs> <laughs> is this porn that I'm reading? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm unwell. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that he remembers the first time he saw her. Her hair was in two braids. And he remembers when she volunteered and sang in the school assembly. And after that, he watched her going home every day. Low-key stalker behavior, but we allow it. Yeah. We allow it. It's one of those things where it's creepy if you're not attracted. It's endearing and hot if you are. Yeah. 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 (laughs) My boyfriend works in fraud. And so whenever, like, a new, like, I know that he has looked me up before and stuff. Like, just, like, that (laughs) behavior of, like, if i wasn't into you i'd be like you're unwell <laughs> worried yeah worried but also it's the age of social media yeah. like there yeah. is not a person on this planet who i haven't looked up right. if any of my girls are like oh i'm going on a date with this oh, boy yeah. i'm like all i need is a face name and i can You're have like his... detective status yeah exactly like that picture mm-hmm. of is it like obama yeah. putting the fbi cap on uh, <laughs> that is me <laughs> have you ever seen or did you, did you watch euphoria <laughs> Yes. Okay. So do you know yes. the scene where Rue is doing all this detective work and she's like yeah. in a noir and she's, and she's smoking clicking a cigarette? Through, yeah. Uh, I think that about that me. all the time whenever I'm like on my laptop or doing Sometimes research. Sometimes I don't even need a name. Sometimes I don't even need a name from him. I'll just be like, give me a brief description of him, a way you saw him, and I'll be able to work <laughs> oh it God. out. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So he's confessing his whole heart right now and Katniss is floored. She's like, everyone hates me. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and Pita asks her to say something but she says she's not good at saying something and I'm like, we you know. Um, and he's like, then come here, please. And Katniss, yeah. I'm unwell. I'm so unwell reading this. Katniss lays on Pita's chest and he starts talking about the possibility of him not making it but she's like, shh. And this for me is weird. How is anyone going to sit at home and say, oh, but she didn't actually love him? Bro, weird. Bro, yeah. don't, don't, don't play with me like that. Like, those eyes I, do not lie. Real eyes don't lie. She's realize. lying on his chest. She's like, please. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, you sit there and you're like, oh, yeah, but like, well, she didn't seem like she loved him in the games. I'm like, she's currently, until that point where she realizes they can both live. Um, she's currently <laughs> spoon feeding him and talking about their shared memories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's laying that head say? on his chest and feeling his heartbeat. Oh, yeah. And like, before they tell her that they can have two winners, she literally is fighting for her life. You think she's got mm-hmm. time to be like journaling like Mrs. Katniss <laughs> Malak. <laughs> right. I mean, I personally yeah. would have been, but... She's in fight or flight mode right now. <laughs> she's literally battling. Yeah, she's she's not carving onto the tree Mrs. Peta Malark or anything. I would have been. I would have been. <laughs> yeah. That's just me. <laughs> um, and then, 
like it's produced, an announcement comes on saying that at sunrise there'll be a feast at the cornucopia and each tribute will have the opportunity to get something that they desperately need. And Katniss is like, Peter, bro, this is your medicine. This is your medicine. And Peter's like, I don't care. Don't go. You're going to die. And Katniss is like, you'd do it for me, wouldn't you? And then he Peter's would. like, why are you doing this? And he would. Peter would do more, you know? Peter would mm. go through the whole games with a career pack, trying to distract them from finding Katniss. So, yeah. my God, I love him. Um <sighs> And Peter's like, why are you doing this? And Katniss just leans in. She just smooches Peter. <gasps> and again, I know we can't have it because of internal dialogue, but I remember mm. this this kiss in the book is the one where she's like, it's the first time I feel something. And she's like, it's the first one. It's the first kiss that makes me want <gasps> another one. And I sit there and just scream. Oh my God. Oh, I love him. So good. And then Katniss lays on Peter's chest. Oh no, wait, sorry. And then um and then hold on, where are we? Yeah. And Katniss knows, whatever. Katniss kisses Peter, and again we get little Gale in the mines, washing his hands, and he's fuming. He's like, Oh my god, no, my girlfriend. She's not girlfriend, bro. Okay, she's your cousin. Like, All right. Gail, you had your chance for how many years and you didn't yeah. do anything. We were so Move sucks on. to suck. <laughs> And Peter's like, no, there's no way I'm letting you go. Which Loki would have given me the egg. But also in the moment, I'm like, oh my God, love you. <laughs> um, and he's like, please stay. Which again, just foreshadows later on when Katniss then eventually eventually asks Peter in Catch a Fire, will you stay with me? And he says, always. Ah! I've got to drop the microphone. I can't do this anymore. I can't do <laughs> we, this. We end the episode early. We're unwell. We're ill. <laughs> we're <it>. done. <laughs> We've had to take a mental health break, okay? This is for my <laughs> mental health. Um, Katniss agrees to stay, even though in her head she's like, bro, come on, no. <laughs> don't play mm-hmm. with me. <laughs> and she lays on his chest. And But in real talk, we all know, she's getting up to that cornucopia. Oh, yeah. And as soon as Peter's asleep, she's like, well, off I go. So <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. heads to the cornucopia. She waits in the bushes and she sees the table with everybody's grab bags, like they're labeled with each district. And she's yeah. about to go for hers when she sees Foxface just darting across that field. She grabs hers and off she goes into the woods. So Katniss makes her move. She grabs her bag. And as she's running away, who shows up to throw a knife at her? It's Clove. So the two of them get into a scuffle like they're... They're trying to each get the upper hand. Clove is trying to stab Katniss. And eventually she does manage to like pin Katniss down and has her knife mm-hmm. to her throat. And gives us the best monologue of all time. So good. Mm-hmm. And I did see in like a behind the scenes thing that she had written like her own monologue to audition with for Clove. And I think yep. it ended up being this one. Really? Which makes you worry for Isabel Feynman's mental health or you know i'm like you went safety of mind (laughs) (laughs) but she's on top of her she's so menacing like she is incredible in this moment and she just goes where's the lover boy and then she starts like taunting Mm. katniss and is like oh yeah it's too bad you couldn't help your little your little friend what was her name rue yeah we killed her and now we're gonna kill you and clove is about to stab katniss when she gets pulled up off of her by Thresh, who is also mm. from District 11. 
My boy. He slams Clove right into that cornucopia wall and is like, did you kill Rue? I heard you say her name. Did you kill her? And Clove is screaming out, Kato, Kato, help! But Thresh slams her against the wall of the cornucopia, killing her. And it's so sad because when you look back, you realize that like Thresh is probably fuming because mm. I think in the books as well, like it literally says like Thresh is like 17 or 18. Yeah. And so like he's one of the oldest ones there. And like I think him and Kato are like the same age. Mm. And he's and like he's like again, as he is in the films, but like he's like this massive presence. Like Katniss remembers him being like a threat when she looks at the other tributes. Yeah, he got a really high rating too. Yeah, exactly. And like Thresh is probably so annoyed because he's like if you hadn't killed her i could have found her protected here and taken her home you know what i mean and that's what breaks your heart is that like like in another way like in another universe like thresh and rue go home together but exactly exactly you know yeah that's what i was gonna say just that like they could have been left right and then also Mm -hmm. cloven kato and then Peta and katniss there's no Mm -hmm. one else at this point right only fox face but fox face yeah. She's just running she's just running the game on herself, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Thresh looks at Katniss and then he says that he's sparing her this one time for Rue. Then he runs off. So Katniss uh, grabs her bag, heads back to the cave. We have to go back to the romance cave. There's too much going on. <laughs> we need to take shelter. <laughs> so Katniss returns with Peter's medicine, but he is immediately just like what's the cut on your forehead oh my god we need to like help you and i'm like you're dying (laughs) so he says she shouldn't have gone but katniss like puts the salve on his wound and then Peta insists that she gets some of it too and she's like pushing back on this i'm like there's so much salve like you've already put salve on him like there's leftover salve i know and he puts it on her just like rubs her forehead and she's like i've never felt the touch of a man before um (laughs) and she's like so blissful in this moment meanwhile the game makers are in awe and i feel like again that's so important because it's like you get to see that the capital it's like such a contradicting moment you're like you are literally the people who are killing these kids Mm -hmm. and yet you're like all flawed by the fact that these kids are in love with one another. Yeah. You know? And it it is, I think, really smart that they do cut back to the game makers and even like people yeah. watching so much, because you can often forget while throughout the movie that this is like a televised event. Like you're not just watching yeah. the movie, like people are watching this at home as well. So it's mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. like a snapback to like, oh, this is a reality show for them. That's crazy. It's a reality show. It's like watching Survivor. Yeah, yeah. like Big Brother. Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then after the beautiful little moment with Katniss and Peter, we get to the morning, they wake up, and they say that the wounds have healed incredibly fast. Realization hits, we could go home. In the books, obviously, again, I hate to be that person, Gary Ross. <laughs> um, it's not quite as easy of a journey for little Peter when like, he doesn't lose his leg in the end, but whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, they don't they don't make Peter lose his leg in the movies, but he does have to get it amputated in the books. Yeah. Just let it happen, Gary. Anyways, um, they wade through the river and they're talking about the remaining tribute. We get a sense for the first time that Katniss and Peter are ready to rather than be on the defensive, they're ready to be on the offensive. They're ready to be like, okay, let's start planning our moves. How are we going to make this work? Because 
Kato's now without Clove, and Clove was a massive threat. Yeah. Thresh is on his own, pissed at Kato, not pissed at Katniss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Foxface is just chilling, you know? Um, Katniss spots a beard to shoot and she hears a cannon. She after they've just split up, Katniss is walking through. She sees a beard. She's like, okay, I'm gonna shoot that beard. I'm gonna take it home, make a little meal for my man's. Um, <laughs> and she hears the make cannon. Make a little meal for my man. Like, I'm I love it. <laughs> she's gonna be she's gonna get into that kitchen and love her best life. She's gonna cook <laughs> over that fire. She's ready to go. She's like, I'm being both hunter and chef in this moment. Oh my god. Peter is doing nothing, which we love. <laughs> she's bringing home the bacon and cooking it too, but that's okay, mm. you know. That's how she should be. <laughs> um and then we see Katniss, she hears the cannon, she's like, Oh my god. I was just about to make a meal for him and now he might be dead. Um, so she runs off to find him. And then we see that his jacket is piled up with berries, which we later realize a nightlock. And she's like, oh, girl, those are poison. She screams for him. And again, how can you watch this and not be like, they're in love? Yeah. This moment where she's like, screaming because she thinks Peter's dead. Yeah. How can you not think that they're in love? I just, whatever. Anyways, um, she's so shaken up um, and she finds him. He hasn't eaten the berries yet. She's so shook by the thought of losing him. She hugs him and he's like shocked. And he's like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Because I, I think for him as well, he sees it and he's like, oh, she likes me. But also, yeah. like, can we just think about the fact that he was picking poison berries for a really long time? <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah. He picked a lot of them. <laughs> he picked a lot of them. He was like, oh yeah, these will just be good. <laughs> these will just be chill. He's like, yum, yum. I'm not a survivor expert myself. Like, I don't no. I don't know how to forage. But isn't it pretty common knowledge that you should never, unless you have knowledge, pick berries? Because berries yeah. are like the number one thing that could be poisonous. Uh-huh. And also... I know that he loves Katniss, and he was probably like, oh, I'll save all of them for here. But as I was picking, I would have been eating them as I was going <laughs> just along. Right. Yeah. Yes, you ain't got a snack. <laughs> um, so he's shocked. He's Because again, I think he's like, oh my God, maybe she likes me. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. turns out the cannon was for Foxface, and she had been trailing them this entire time, trying to steal little bits of food, which we also get hints at earlier. I can't, there's other hints in the book that someone's stealing food along the yeah. way. And mm-hmm. Katniss is like, who is it? Katniss is like, oh, I don't remember eating these bits of food. I can't remember. There's something like that. <laughs> and then we realize that it's Foxface and she ate the berries. Katniss picks the berries up, stir them away, saying maybe Kato likes the berries too. And again, we get this offensive moment from both of them. Rather than defensive, they're ready to go home. They're ready to win the games. So then it suddenly gets dark early in the arena like it's only afternoon by real time standards but clearly the game makers are, are eager to end the game so they're pushing it to nighttime and we show uh seneca being like shown a rendering of the the mutts the mutations that they have designed for the finale and obviously they're different in the in the movie than they are in the book but in the book the way that they're described is horrific because they have yeah. the so eyes scary. of all yes. the dead tributes and i know that like in the book when katniss is talking about them she says that like they they seem so real that she almost wonders if they had pried the eyes out of the dead 
mm-hmm. <laughs> tributes and like put them in these mutts. Yeah. And there's like different allusions to this kind of um uncanny valley, like almost real feeling of the of the mutts that that people have speculated that maybe the capital actually does use like human dna and remains to create them that's so sick mm-hmm. which is like so fucked yeah yeah it's oh i think 100 percent. i think they 100 percent did yeah. especially because like katniss also questions like in the book because i think glimmer the dog because they all come out with collars that have like their district numbers mm-hmm. on as well and like they're all like glimmers one is blonde there's like yeah. they all match up and i remember katniss saying like um like the first one to go for her is glimmer or something and then like did they give their like wolf counterparts the memories of right. the tributes like does the glimmer wolf think that katniss killed her mm-hmm. you know i just love that yeah i was just gonna reiterate that like this is so fucking disgusting mm-hmm. i'm also like suzanne Collins, you're kind of like you got a fucked up mind up there huh because yeah, yeah. It's gnarly. And when the dogs come out, like just in the movie, it's so brutal. It's so brutal. The way they like, well, we're about to talk about it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So Katniss and Peter, they're walking through the woods and they hear some growling sounds in the distance. And then they hear someone scream and the sound of like feral animals followed by a cannon for Thresh. So Thresh has now been killed. So it's just them and Cato at this point. And as Katniss and Peta keep going, something jumps out and lunges at Peta. So Katniss hits it with an arrow and they take off and it is one of the mutts. They're now being pursued. So we watch as the game makers add more and more mutts into the arena. They're following them, chasing them towards the Kona, the cornucopia where Cato is. So Katniss and Peta manage, luckily, to make it on top of the cornucopia just before Peta's like entire leg is almost torn off by one of these mutts. But who else is on top of there? Cato. Insane. So Cato throws Katniss to the ground, but Peta tackles him, trying to protect her. And Cato keeps going after Katniss with his sword and hangs her head over the edge of the cornucopia as the mutts are trying to like jump up literally bloodthirsty, about to bite her head off. And then Peta tackles Cato, and the two of them, like, go at it while Katniss goes for her bow. And then at this point, Cato has Peta in a headlock, and he's standing there, and he's just like, go ahead, shoot, we'd both go down, you'd win. And then he says this line that is so heartbreaking. He says, go on, I'm dead anyway. I always was, right? I didn't know that till now. How is that? Is that the way they want? No. I could still do this one more kill. And it's just chilling. Yeah. It's it's chilling. chilling. Mm -hmm. Like, because again, you get a sense of that even in these districts where they're like the babies of the capital and they're like the loved ones of the capital. The darlings. You see that. Yeah, the darlings of the capital. You see that they've got the same kind of resentment which you naturally would because i mean Mm -hmm. come on and it's just so it is so sad because you watch and you're like oh like this is what i love about the um whole series is that suzanne collins so well does 
how each and every person in it is just a victim of their own society in yeah. their own way. Right. Like every single character. Mm-hmm. Right. And she just beautifully shows that like every single character is so deeply affected. And like Peter and Gail are the obvious like contradictions. Like Gail views that because he's from a broken society, he can almost do whatever he wants in terms of justifying and making the society right, whereas Peter is the opposite in thinking, because he's from a broken society, we should all do what we can to make it right mm-hmm. in the like most healing way possible. But every single person in there is just an aspect of that. Yeah. And KO's whole run, where he then goes on to snap Peter's neck, and he's trying to do it, and Peter's like, he taps on KO's hand with his finger. In the book, I think he draws an X or something and Kato's blood like is so gnarly. Yeah. And he's like Katniss and he's like trying to get Katniss's attention because I think in Katniss's in Katniss's mind as well at that moment, you're just thinking like, oh my God, do I just have to kill Kato and just try and grab Peter in time? Like mm-hmm. you would have no clue what to do. And for once we actually see Peter actively being like, no, you need to kill this person. Yeah. So that we can get out of here. And again, he's so quick on his feet being like, shoot his hand. Yeah. He'll let go of me. Like, like, he's so smart. Exactly. I just don't... And But even in that, like, Peter still doesn't want to kill him because mm-hmm. he's just like, shoot his hand. Yeah. He's like, shoot his hand and then right. we don't have to kill him. The mutts do, you know? Um, And Kato goes on from the speech and says that bringing pride in his district is the only thing he knows how to do. And then he just has that heartbreaking line where he's like, not that it matters. And at that moment, we don't get to hear anymore because Katniss just lets that arrow fly and it hits Kato's hand. He lets go of the headlock. Peter pushes him. Boom. He's down there with the mats and he's being mauled and he's screaming and he's screaming. And I remember in the books, it takes Katniss a while. Like Katniss mm-hmm. and Peter listen for a bit because they're like, oh, well, the mats will just do it. And there's still this uh, reluctance to kill that kind of shows both of their characters. Yeah. Um, but then eventually Katniss just fires the arrow at him, killing him. The cannon sounds and Katniss and Peter hug because they realize like they've won. You know, this is the moment. So the sun rises, Katniss and Peter, they slide down to the ground and an announcement comes on. They assume it's, you know, to announce the winner. But guess again, they instead say that the earlier rule change allowing two victors has now been revoked devastation katniss and Peta look at each other she has her like bow drawn because she she drew it like when mm-hmm. the announcement started so he just like looks at the bow and tells her go ahead one of us should go home you know one of us has to die they have to have their victor but katniss says no they don't and tosses her bow to the ground what a girl but i remember uh, as well in the books like at that point Peter has a knife and like when the announcement comes on like they both draw their like Peter draws his knife Katniss draws a bow mm-hmm. but Peter like Peter's like throwing his knife away he's ready to slice <laughs> the like Peter's like he like throws his knife away and Katniss is like still aiming at Peter and in Katniss's head she's like oh I thought he was about to kill me and I'm like, even Girly in that pop. moment, she still doesn't realize. She's that. so pain. She's so pain. He is in love with you. Uh, so Katniss is sinking on her feet and she takes out the nightlock berries from before. And Peter tries to stop her, but she asks him to trust her and gives him half of the berries so they can take them together. 
And let me tell you, <laughs> seeing this today, I was like, that man's is He's about to stuff that shit in his face and go nom nom nom, <laughs> and he can die happy because he's with the woman he loves. And she's like, "Yeah, together, ha ha ha." She's like, "I'm sticking it to the man," and he's like, "I will love you till my dying breath." Yeah, night and day. <laughs> so he's like, "Together," and she's like, "Together." And Peta starts counting down, touching Katniss braid one last time. They're about to eat the berries when. The game makers are like, stop, stop. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th annual Hunger Games? And Katniss and Peta hug in shock, and an aircraft comes to lift them out of the arena. Un- wow. wow. You just. Unbelievable. You've just got a rock for my girl. It took one pissed off girl <laughs> and one madly in love boy to change the course of history. Yep. <laughs> That's all it does take. That's all it takes. <sighs> My girl. Real talk. And also, like, Katniss thinking on her feet. Mm-hmm. I just would have been like, oh, should we rock, paper, scissors it? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, so how do you want to do this? Well, actually, I wouldn't have been. Shall we rock, paper, scissors it? I, I would have um, shot that bow and arrow. Death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the minute he was like, just do it, I would have been like, okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Smell you later. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Or, like, as we were about to take the berries, I would have pulled away at the last second and been like, like oh, not oops. for me. And, he, and he, you would already be eating them. And I'd be like, right. <laughs> Throwing them all over my it's shoulder done. and be like, mmm. Ladies, <laughs> get you a man who will eat the berries before <laughs> <Yeah>. you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I feel like from there on out, though, everything just moves quickly, it which does. I guess is meant to represent, like, mm-hmm. because Katniss is. All of a sudden, she's been so in control, and now she realizes she is so out of control. Like, she's so far out of her depth. So we're all Which we realize, yeah, when Hamish tells Katniss that the capital isn't happy with her because she showed them up, which we now know Hamish has a lot of experience with because that's what happened to him, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That's what happened in the 50th games. And she's making a joke like, oh, I'm not very happy with them either. But he's like, no, babe. This is serious. They're not just going to take it out on you. They're going to take it out on every other person. They don't take these things lightly at all. Yeah. And we see Seneca Crane walking into that room. The door shut behind him. What's in the bowl? Nylock balls. Oh, oh. That is so cold, dude. Oh. oh, my God. Seneca, you're done. You're done, done bro. So. My God. Amitch tells Katniss that she needs to really play into the part now. She can't. She can't be messing around. She's got to say that she couldn't help herself. She was so in love with Peter that the thought of being a part was unthinkable. That the thought of being a part made her wish they were dead instead. Caesar, we cut to the Caesar uh, Flickerman interview. And I've got to be deadly honest. The meme-ology of Tumblr and Twitter in 2012 has ruined this scene for me. Because whenever <laughs> I look at this scene now... All I see is the fact that Katniss looks like she's wearing Belle's dress from Beauty and the Beast and <laughs> Peter looks like he's wearing the Beast suit because it's like bright yes. blue and here yes. is yellow. Yep. 100, and I, I've I never see. seen that meme. That's 100%. Like, that's fucking big-ass yellow dress. <laughs> um, and so she sees this interview with Katniss and Peter and, she's, and he's asking her, how did you feel when you find out that Peter was by the river and she's like, I felt like the happiest person in the world. And you're like, Katniss Gill, we can all see through it. Okay. Yeah. You've been this stone cold bitch throughout the entire series. <laughs> Even when Caesar was asking you a bright prim, you were like, 
oh yeah like I just wanted to save it. And yeah. now he's asking you about the man you were supposedly going to die for. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, like, I love him. I, I can't him. imagine life without him. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter is like, ah, oh, Katniss saved my life. And she goes, we saved each other. And I'm like, Gail, you're you laying it on a little thick here. Okay. <laughs> Stop writing Shakespearean poetry. <laughs> but Caesar and the crowd are lapping it up. And we cut to President Snow is crowning Katniss and Peter as the winners. And Snow comments on a Mockingjay pin and says a district must be very proud of it. And again, we now know mm -hmm. the links between that and District 12 and the fact that Lucy Greybeard in the Battle of Songbirds and Snakes is so represented by the Mockingjay and Katniss is now represented by the Mockingjay. Oh, she's yeah. like, Collins, I love you. Um, and Peter and Katniss, this is where my heart is about to break. Oh my God. Peter and Katniss are on the train to District 12. And he says, what happens now? And Katniss says, I guess we tried to forget. And he says, what if I don't want to forget? <laughs> and they arrive home and they're like, oh, what's going on here? Katniss looks awkward AF because there's just people cheering for it. And then she sees her mum and Prim sitting on Gail's shoulders. Blech. And Peter and Katniss hold their hands in the air and we get this beautiful final oh shot God. of Snow watching from the game maker's room giving them the absolute stink eye. He's staring at them. He's thinking, what? How am I going to sort this out? The music builds. Abraham's Daughter. It's a beautiful song. If you haven't listened to the soundtrack, please go listen to it. Mm -hmm. It's a very beautiful soundtrack. Yeah. And then he walks off as the credits show and you're just left thinking, what the fuck is about to happen now? The way it's like ingrained into yeah. my mind because he has his like thumb kind of in his mouth and the way he yes. like, takes his thumb out of his mouth tells me Everything, everything that he's thinking mm -hmm. it is a perfect little button at the end mm -hmm. stone yeah. cold oh my gosh uh, wow and i'm just like drooling at this point i'm like i need the next book what happens yeah he doesn't want to too. forget they're gonna kill them what's happening is there an uprising like what's mm -hmm. going on yeah oh my gosh mm -hmm. wow it's just it's so good and it is truly yeah. like one of the best, like, just like I know this was a time when there was a lot of like dystopian oh, yeah. stuff coming out. It was also like similar time of Divergent, yeah. but like the Hunger Games truly mastered it in a way that I don't think anyone else was oh, able yeah. to. And that's, I think, why yeah. the genre kind of like fell off for a bit because everyone was trying to replicate this mm -hmm. and you just can't. I'm like, Suzanne Collins, what's it like to write the perfect young adult novel? Yeah. 100%. She set the blueprint. She, and also like the films, Loki, I think, are some, I know I've been criticizing Gary Ross, sorry, <laughs> Gary. Um, but the second, third, and fourth films mm -hmm. are like the best book to movie adaptations out there. Yeah. Like the second, third, and fourth films is really a missed piece of information. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it is just so good. It's so true to detail. Francis Lawrence took the arena in the second movie yeah. straight from my head. Mm -hmm. Like, that is exactly as I was picturing it, you know? Yeah. And, like, there's so much really smart commentary in this that I feel like people don't give it credit for again because it is, like, YA. But the yeah. the commentary on society, on class, on these government structures, yeah. about, like, the commodification of children, like, there's just so much in mm -hmm. here. And I have seen that, like, now they are teaching the Hunger Games, like, in school, like, in English classes, yeah. they're reading so the Hunger cool. Games, which is wild. I would have been 
insufferable <laughs> if my school said, by the way, the next book we're studying is The Hunger Games. I would have turned to the teacher and I would have said, listen, you sit down. Because I'm about to school you. <laughs> you sit down. I got it covered. Should I open my syllabus up? Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. But yeah, I definitely think that there's obviously the big overarching factor, which is The Hunger Games. That's like oh my gosh, like we would never do that. But that's only because it's like holding space for the things that we do have in, like we experience politically yeah. and um, the wealth disparity. Also, all of the intertwining people who are a part of making it happen, right? Because it's like Cinna, who's a stylist, mm-hmm. but then he's doing mm-hmm. these subversive designs to spark a revolution and Caesar who's perpetuating things with his talk show mm-hmm. Effie Trinket who's like unaware and totally ignorant but like she's participating in the handling of the children and not like caring for them and just like reveling in the capital like there are so many personalities that combine mm-hmm. that I think that those the really great commentary and um the heart of the story is in those tiny details because she just gets so specific and the movie is so specific. Mm-hmm. And I think it just says like such a amazing thing as well about like on the, on the media that we consume, like even the fact in itself, like if you just read the books without trying to take anything else, like these mm-hmm. books are just a piece of entertainment that are based around kids killing kids. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh my gosh, which is sick. Which is sick, but yet it's like the best, one of the best selling book series in the world. Like, it's just so mm-hmm. clever how she's so intertwined things. And like, she got the idea from watching a reality show and from from flicking between the news about the war in Iraq and a reality show. And like, mm. it's so clever that she was like, it's so messed up that we just switch from one media to the next. You know, like you could be watching a reality show one second where all these random people are just in a house together. And then the next minute, the news is on telling you that like a massive war is going on and there's loads of people who are dying, but you're just desensitized to all these parts of information. Like it's just so important. And I just love Suzanne Collins's brain. Yeah. yeah. And I know like when the, the books came out, when the movies came out, there was a lot of discussion about how there's a lot of similarities with battle Royale. Yeah. Um, and I, I get that for sure. Like there's definitely a lot of allusions to it, but I think that Suzanne Collin in building upon this world was able to, you know, create her own thing and say her own thing with it. And I don't think it's fair to like necessarily equate the two because also it's not the first time that people have written about this kind of dystopian subject matter. So, you know, people have their own approach on it, but I also haven't Mm -hmm. read Battle Royale. So like, I don't know specifics. I've watched some of it, but it's more, it's much more like, horror-y than yeah like dystopian ya kind of you know like it's a lot more gory yeah um and obviously i think the comments are very fair to make about the similarities between them but like you said mm-hmm. i think they i think they both touch on the subject while giving very different lenses to it you know yeah wow what a good movie. what a good movie i'm so glad we visited it i can't wait to have these like periodic hunger games episodes because oh, yeah. i love no. whenever we do twilight and then people are like you need to do the fucking next one yeah. i need it <laughs> i'm like we gotta milk it for all we can we gotta draw this yeah. shit <laughs> um yeah, well with that being said shall we give her a rating 
Yeah, and I feel like I know your rating. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone needs to, <laughs> needs to question mine. You know what I mean? I think we're all we're all very clear here mm. on where I stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give it because I'm also I'm also thinking in terms of the whole trilogy, right? So I gotta yeah. I gotta weigh some things against each other. I'm gonna give it like an eight point five. Because I need to save my my high ranking for my fave, Catching Fire. Yeah. Valid. Yeah. Valid. I honestly would, like, I would say mine is like an 8.5 mm-hmm. or 9 for this movie. Yeah. It's hard because we've been talking about the book so much as well. And I want to include the book in it. But you've yeah. got it purely as a movie. Right. It would be like an 8.5 just because there are so many little things that are missing. Mm-hmm. And again, because how could I ever rate that a 10 when Catching Fire exists? You know? Exactly. When that is like the peak of the genre, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The peak of movie history, mm-hmm. really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give it an 8 um, mm-hmm. because I, like, I, I feel like an 8 is really high. In my standards. Mm-hmm. Actually, fuck, I'll give it an 8.5. Um, <laughs> because I loved, I loved these books. Like I have such fond memories of like mm-hmm. staying up and reading yeah. it and like this movie. I also don't know why I didn't mention this earlier, but I was a huge Josh Hutcherson girly. Yeah. Like I would yeah. watch all of his movies. I would look mm-hmm. up his filmography just to seek out. Like there's this vampire movie he was in. Where he became a vampire and fucking, um, oh, I forget the name of the guy. He's like, uh, Mr. Cellophane in Chicago. Oh, oh John I C. know who you're about. Yes, literally John C. Riley. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's like in this vampire movie with him. I would also like just search Josh Hutcherson on YouTube to see what interviews I could find. Mm-hmm. I saw yep. his like MTV Cribs episode. Like, I yeah. thought he was just the sweetest kindest celebrity mm. and i wanted him to be my boyfriend so badly oh absolutely yeah <laughs> he was one of my first crushes like of all time right oh, yeah. yeah just a sweet angel i was like a child when i saw bridge to Darabithy and i was like what's my boyfriend doing on screen <laughs> you're like that's that's my man and i'm gonna stick by him <laughs> <laughs> right oh Wow. Well, thank you so much, Yain, for joining us, lending your expertise. It was yes. such a joy oh to get to record with you again. It has been a pleasure. This, I've cried. I've laughed. You know, I've <laughs> thought about Woody Harrelson far too much. <laughs> Incredible. Well, would you like to tell the people where they can find you, where they can follow you? Of course. You can find me wherever you want. Um, you can find <laughs> me in District 12. Yeah. <laughs> um, on TikTok, it's at Yai Cook. On YouTube, it's Yai Cook. Although I don't post on there that much, so don't yell at me. Ooh, um, YouTube era. On Instagram, <laughs> it's at Yai Cook as well. Love you all, Gailies. Oh, incredible. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And if you want to find more of us, you can always follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can find us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. You can find us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us Pod, or you can always send us a good old-fashioned email, get all your thoughts out there, and we will respond to you. might take us a little bit, but we'll get back to you. And we'll see you next week for our last episode of Season 3. Ooh, might it be something a little special, a little different? Ooh, me pee. Ooh. <laughs> well, 
I'm Mo. And I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.